Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on July the 18th, 2017. I'm your host, game psychologist, and with me, as always, my other anniversary partner. Oh ma, caffeine rage. Indeed. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played. We're going to be talking about Alex Maurer and her DMCA saga, RuneScape Goes Mobile, Evolve, that is the land software, returns. We have some news regarding itch.io. We've got a general topic. We're going to be discussing Steam Direct now that it's live. We'll have our weekly community corner and our Steam weekly discovery queue. Hello, Rage. Oh, wait. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. I remember it. That's fine. You didn't get a chance to answer, so it's fine. You're just so eager to see how I was doing. I am. I was. I mean, I know how you're doing. We've been talking for like an hour at this point before we even started the the real show but you know i gotta that's how i I start every show how are you doing how you doing how you doing (laughs) i'm doing all right i've had a little bit of back issues the last couple days so i'm a little light on games this week but uh overall you know i guess i needed some time to rest anyway indeed i I caught up on sleep because you know uh, the last well, I would say two months. I just haven't been sleeping all that well anyway, so just bunt on nerves and everything, so it's more just, you know, body's like, okay, time to de-stress. Right. Well, yeah, right. without, yeah, this de-stress and relaxing without the whole, you know, messing yourself. Yeah, the good type. Right. Well, unless you're into that sort of thing. I like de-stressing and relaxing a lot. I haven't been doing very much of that either this past week. So the amount of people that have been fired went from three to five. What, did they have an orgy? Apparently. And uh, now I've got eight more cases. So that's fun. Yay. I've been working a lot more than I usually do. I mean, I put in, like, normally I work it's like her 30. comment about I... you being a lazy bum here. <laughs> Yeah. Normally I work about 30 hours a week, which is great. I love it. Uh, this past week, and probably this week, I'll work closer to 50 hours, just trying to catch up and get everything fixed. What? It's almost so, like you have a real job or something. Yeah, it's like I have a real job these last couple of weeks, or last week and this week. Tomorrow's going to be pretty good, though. I have four people, or four four sessions that got canceled. So I'm going to have a lot of time sitting in the office to actually do some of the other things I need to do. So I won't have to work tomorrow night. I can just come home, edit the podcast, and then play games. And that will be lovely. If I work hard enough and fast enough, I might even get to edit the podcast tomorrow during the day. And then I can just come home and play games. And that would be nice. I miss playing games. (laughs) I played very few games this week. This past week. So yes, my list is also quite small. When we get to that. Yeah, which uh, are we? Are we? Are you ready to? Oh no, are you? I don't know, are you? Are you? Are you? Huh? We should probably stop doing this and just go talk about the games <laughs> we played this week. Uh, is now the point where we just uh, irate bills? Or is that later? No, I'm not. 
We'll, okay, we'll leave that so, for the community corner. Let's, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, um, we should buy him so, dinner or something. <laughs> yeah. By the way, he's saying Mills, not Mel's, in case anyone is wondering. It's Million Lights. What, is my accent getting in the way again? Maybe a little bit. I don't know. It could just be Skype, well, too. Well, there's a reason why I always accentuate the Z and Mel's. Fair enough. Good point. So, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the games that we played this week. This was going to be a little bit weird because we talked about Jump last week, and both of us signed up for the, I don't know, beta acts, whatever you want to call it. I mean, we just signed uh, up for got beta in. So. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do one together. Then I guess we could do one separately and then one together. We could do that. We could be like a little team this week. Yeah, for once. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, let's do this one together. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Doing it together, baby. So, jump. Yeah, jump. Oh. It's not great. Uh, oh, good. I- I'm not the only one that's going to say, I- no, sir, I don't like it. <laughs> it's not great. Um, So, the games that are on it so far. Yeah, there's. Well, to be fair. Well, to be fair, I wasn't expecting, you know, the 60 some games that they were. Uh, uh, touting, uh, yeah, this is essentially their soft launch and getting a feel for how things go. And there were six or seven uh, when I originally played, and they've added a couple more since the last weekend to uh, to the service. So you know, th- you know, I was expecting you know just a handful of games, but it does not run well. No, uh, I guess we can talk about the service itself, and yeah, then yeah, let's talk. You want to make any mention itself. of the games that you uh, played? Uh, well. Uh, the main mention uh, would be more technical issues than anything else. Or that, perhaps. That, that's the thing. I said. It's a little hard for me to tell because I don't... I only owned one out of the six or seven games. So I could only do a direct comparison of one of them. Okay. But let's see. The service itself. We... I think we both assumed that there was going to be some sort of compression or some sort of you know, streaming of files to you know, get the game up and running. And then... You know, uh, stream the rest in the background? Yeah. There, there isn't. Nope. It downloads the whole thing. Every single time. Every time. Yep. Yeah, and I so, clocked, uh, I think it was Tesla Grad, maybe, or one of the other ones, at two minutes and some chains, 2.30 per startup. I mean, if I wanted a game to load that slow, I would load it off of a damn audio cassette. Yeah. DOS games launch faster than that. Well, floppy-based games launch faster than no, that. No, no, no. You do know that there was a, a way, way, way back in the early X eighties, games did come on audio cassettes, right? Yeah, I, I know. And that was they, about the that was about the load time of, of a good chunk of games was two uh, two to five minutes. And I hesitate to even think of something you know, uh, weightier because. I, I I will say I don't have an amazing connection. I have it probably about average these days, but I like to think that you know people that would be getting into this that you know aren't huge gamers. They won't have the high end package or the average internet connection. They'd be below the average. And what what's your connection speed? My connection. Well, when I did a speed or your tech, advertised connection speed. Well, I guess. well, my advertised is I think sixty uh, down, uh, and I was getting fifty two when I was uh, downloading. Or when I was uh, testing it during this, so you know about the, the national average. 
Okay, so yeah, that's the same connection speed I have, 60 megs down. But I have Turbo Boost, which is stupid because my connection speed varies regardless. But yeah, I had. Wait, wait, uh, what, what are you doing with uh, the uh, overclocking software on my motherboard? <laughs> Spectrum Turbo Boost, but oh. I, I don't think it's down. I don't even think it's downloading at at that speed though. Like, no, I actually uh, did some calculation and. Uh, for Tesla grad, assuming oh, because Tesla grad was the one that I uh, tried out that uh, had the longest download speed with, I was getting uh, I think forty ish, if I recall correctly, uh, for the amount of time. Assuming that the uh, advertised required specs on Steam is the full download or yeah, the full size of the game. Yeah. And yeah, th- that's just uh, ballparking completely. But yeah, it's just everything is very slow. And I, I wasn't expecting you know instant loading, but yeah, you know, I was expecting under thirty seconds for everything. Only thing that loaded instantly was the RPG Maker game in it. Yeah. So the game that I played the most that I liked was Acorn Assault, and it's like a three-ish gigabyte game. Like you could just tell because the whole thing's sitting in your cache or in your Oh, see, your system I, memory. See, I never uh, uh, hunted that down. Oh, yeah. I opened up all of that and was taking a look. The whole thing sits inside your system memory. So it could be possible that you could not use this service if you don't have enough RAM. Like, oh, if you're damn. Thinking, I didn't even think of that. Uh, uh, the, the fact that I didn't think that they would load it to RAM. That, what the fuck are they thinking? Yeah, it was like three gigabytes sitting in RAM that this game was using. And I was like, well, I mean, that's fine since I have 16 gigs of... of of memory, but a lot of pre-built systems that people buy, like laptops or more budget computers you buy in in stores, still only come with like four gigs of RAM. So if you're thinking, oh, I'll use this service to play it on my family machine or whatever, you only got four gigs of RAM, you're probably not playing many of these games. I mean, some of them are pretty small, but some of them are also pretty large. And you've also got to be running the app at the same time. Yeah, which, uh, oh, I hate the app. Yeah, the app's terrible. Yeah, which, uh, I'm just, I'm just doing a quick check on my system. Um, I have, uh, well, just shy of 16 gigs because, you know, uh, how uh, everything runs. I'm using right now four and a half gigs of RAM. So if I had, uh, you know, eight, uh, eight gigs instead of 16, you know, I would... Uh, not have a lot of room for this. Granted, I don't think you'd want to run anything that has a lot of space anyway. But, yeah. Oh. But anyway, uh, was it just me, or I was experiencing, it felt like some micro stutter with this system. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know what the issue was, but oh, all good. of the so games that I tried me. did not run well either. I don't it, and it didn't seem to matter well, what I did to any of the graphics settings and the games that had them. I don't even know if these games are running off of my GPU. That's something I didn't test was if it was running off GPU or not. Because, I, damn it, think of that. But I was noticing, well, I tried The Bridge, which was the only game that I had both access to in Jump and in my actual library. And for one, you know, loading it in... Under five seconds versus the, I want to say 30, 45 seconds. You know, you know, obviously where I'd want to play it, but 
it was uh, it felt very very sluggish and i think a lot of this is that it's running it in well if you're if you don't get a full screen it's running in a little tiny window on the app yep which is just terrible then if you go to full screen and you want to let's say do something absolutely crazy like oh i don't know pause the game what happens uh well i had a couple of games crash well, well, i had a well for me uh if i pause the game it shrunk it back down to the app <laughs> I did because, not have that happen. Well, because normally, you know, you pause a game by hitting escape. Escape, right. But that would exit out of the full, full screen, screen window. Yes. And I'm just sitting here thinking, why are you doing this? Yeah. I had a couple of games that clo- would just close when you'd hit escape. And I had a couple that would crash. I didn't try all the games, but I tried, I think, five of them. Five or six of them. So, yeah. Also, like the games just ran poorly. Yeah. Every every game that I played had issues. Like for example, Acorn Assault. I mean, that game was not a demanding game. It's like a, a turn-based strategy game. Where you get like a little deck of cards and you build stuff on like a playing field and your little squirrel people shoot each other. It's I think it's like based on the French Revolution except with squirrels. <laughs> It's a cute concept. I actually really liked the game and everything, but it just ran like ass. It it was it looked bad, it stuttered, it constantly froze. It didn't it couldn't hold a steady frame rate to save its life. It definitely never got above 30. It might have not even gotten to 30. Well, I wasn't able to test the uh, frame rate just because I couldn't get DX Toy to load for it. And I was having trouble even getting OBS to attach to anything. XSplit could grab the windows, so I was looking at it in XSplit. And, and that's how I figured out... Well, I like well, to think that if I can get something to work with OBS or DXTory, it's probably not worth my time. Yeah. But, uh, well, that's how I come up with the idea that I didn't think it was using my graphics card, because my CPU would be pegged out on one or two cores. And, I mean, I've got an i7 uh, 4790K, so it's not a slouchy processor at all. And it would just peg out one or two of the processing cores, and then everything else would be dead. And I didn't, like, at the time when I was doing that, I ran out of time, and I had to go do something else. So I couldn't fire up uh, MSI Afterburner or anything to check on my GPU. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just didn't give a shit after that point, because I was really frustrated with the service. Because I was pretty excited to try it. Well, afterwards, well, something I've been toying with, this isn't a game, uh, but I've been uh, toying around with RX Control which uh, is the Logitech software. Interesting. Tell me more. I like Logitech. Well, for one, it uh, runs off of the smartphone. Huh. So I'm able to sit here and look at my CPU or all my computer stats off this. Granted, I didn't use it with Jump because I didn't think of it. And something I've just gotten uh, up and running in the last couple of days, but it uh, runs off the Logitech software. So that's probably what I'm going to be using it sees the cpu it sees the gpu and ram which is your main things that you need arcs control arx yeah, arx sorry huh. you know me and pronouncing things yeah wow this is legit i'm downloading this immediately <laughs> great it does need the logitech software but i'm i have it for my mouse anyway so uh, well i have it for my mouse and one of my headsets and my 
uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a Logitech guy, so I have a lot of Logitech stuff. Yeah, and it also has it where you could um, mess around with the uh, the mouse settings, your DPI, and everything on the smartphone. Uh, change the uh, profiles and that sort of thing. I'm not gonna mess with this too much because I might have to set something up, and I don't want to accidentally stop recording or anything like that. But later, well, I'm I guess we gonna... just have to add this to the games we played then, huh? <laughs> Maybe next time, once I've had t- time to check it out. But, yeah. I, I'm, cool. I, I mostly was getting this for diagnostic for later. But be able okay. to sit here and, uh, yeah, glance down at my phone and see, oh, my GPU isn't doing a damn thing. It is very useful without running MSI Afterburner. Yeah, nice. I like that. So a little bonus thing, but uh, that's something that I should have checked with Jump, but didn't really think about it because uh, I was assuming that it was just yeah, you know, uh, you know, beta is beta, which yeah. You know, uh, well, usually beta is beta, unless beta is just a uh, yeah a server stress test. Yeah, I I'm gonna send in some some stuff to them and ask a few questions. I just haven't had a chance. Like I said, my work week has been crazy, and I did this testing over the weekend uh, when I had a little bit of free time. Yeah, I'm. But, I'm disappointed. I, I would have assumed that there would have been some sort of compression going on, or even uh, it would be terrible for this type of service. But rips, where you know they tear down some of the extraneous stuff. Yeah. Or have you know uh, the rip version and the full version. So, you know, you can pl- uh, get up and playing uh, immediately and it downloads the rest in the background. I, I think that would have been the happy medium is, you know, you da- you get the base system files. You know, it's hard to tell if these games could uh, support this or not. And this is a lot of backend stuff that would have to be done for Jump. But, you know, get the core game up and running and then get, you know, like all the sound files and everything else. Because I think sound would probably be the biggest thing for most of these games. Yeah. Um. Did you try the web client? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't either. I thought about it, but they specifically say on the web client, like, "Hey, this is unstable and definitely has issues." And so, I was having. Tr- that- I was uh, disappointed with the actual client that I didn't even bother with the web client. Yeah, I, I was too. Besides, Chrome meets enough RAM. It doesn't need uh, you know, a bigger dot yeah as far as the actual like design and layout of the client that's not too bad uh well i think it's going to be very very cumbersome uh on the library once it gets more games because right now you know you're having to scroll left and right which is terrible yeah and there's no way to organize the games either i think there is a way by favoriting them yeah you can set favorites but other than that there's no way to organize them yeah, I think if they wanted to do, if if they're going to only have you know sixty some games, uh, steal the Steam Grid. Yeah, that would be nice. I'd be okay with that. And also, the library has it where it has this absolutely massive window, and then your little bar at the bottom that has all the games. <laughs> there needs to be a tab on the left that says Games, and you can just go look at all games or organized alphabetically. That would be fine. I mean, that would basically be the Steam Grid, but. I mean, that would be good enough for this if they're only going to keep it to, say, 100 games or less. I mean, they do have search functionality, which I guess is okay. And then you can view your recently played games and your favorites, but they do need a way to be able to see all the games in their own separate screen 
because the home page yeah the the thing at the top is way 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 too big where it's like showing off the games mm-hmm. that's way too big it takes up way too much screen real well, it's, estate. well it's the same size whether or not you're playing the game or not yeah and i think that i think that's probably the biggest thing is if it was a lot smaller when a game wasn't active then it wouldn't be nearly as bad but I think, you know, that's asking too much of the client because they're, you know, they have it hard coded to do this almost smartphone esque uh, thing. Do, do you think they're planning on doing smartphones at some point? Because this does feel like an interface that would work on that. Maybe. P- particularly uh, the how they have the game scrolling. That might be a goal for down the line if this takes off on PC. I could see some of these games working pretty well on a smartphone. I mean, particularly, uh, well, I think most of them would work well with a gamepad. Yeah. Granted, I don't think Acorn or Salt would, but... Eh. You know, no, a, a but that pad, would work fine uh, with a touchscreen. Yeah. So. Yeah, and what I played was definitely gamepad compatible. So maybe that's... Yeah, that would be a lot better service, honestly. Granted, you know, the whole downloading, you know, a couple gigs worth of a game every single time is still terrible. Yeah. And a lot of phones don't have enough memory to support that either. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much system RAM. I'm gonna, I'm just going to look. I'm going to Google that right now. Yeah, and that's uh, a big problem unless they could set it up where, you know, you have a pay trial on, like, your uh, SD card. But, yeah. A lot of... that That's something I've noticed with smartphones is that a lot of apps don't even touch the SD card. They all yeah. want to sit on the system memory, or on the, well, I should say the physical memory inside the phone. So the Galaxy, the Galaxy S8 only has four gigabytes of RAM. I mean, the S8 Plus doesn't have any more. It's just a bigger battery and a bigger mm-hmm. screen. So, yeah. I mean, and they more could. Prone, and more prone to explode, right? Yeah. <laughs> more prone. They, I mean, they could dump it, some of it in storage or put it on the SD card and then read from that and then, I guess, delete it later, but... Still, it, I mean, it looks like there's a couple of phones that have six or even eight gigs of RAM, but there are not very many. Most phones have two or less. So, if they download the whole thing, they're going to have to store it in memory somewhere. Yeah. So, overall, didn't really like the service very much. At least we Do gave th- it a fair shake. Yeah, do you think that you would like it if they made some improvements and changes to it, or is it just like they pretty much have to redo the whole thing for you to like it? I think they may have to go back to the drawing board for me. I mean, I like the idea of it, but I didn't think that, you know, the big thing is the down, is the startup speed. If they had it where it was an a la carte, maybe have it where you could only keep a couple in local storage. Mm-hmm. And I would uh, at least assume, you know, encrypted files as well, you know, because, yeah, you know, that's, that would be just piracy, uh, piracy haven otherwise, which I could understand. But, you know, have some sort of encryption that could uh, unencrypt the files. But that's the big thing is that they talk about, you know, not having to keep everything in storage, not having uh, massive downloads, which, well, well, I should say massive files on your computer, which honestly, if... If your computer is at the point where having a 4 gig folder of indie games is a problem, you have a problem. Clear out your storage or buy a bigger drive or something. Delete some of the porn you don't use. 
<laughs> Who keeps porn stored on their computer nowadays? You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Go to uh, PC Master Race and start looking around uh, people talking about their data storage. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel... Okay, so... The... Hmm. My biggest thing that makes me not want to use this is the performance issues of the game. I think what they're trying to do is sort well, of have well, their... Well, I was assuming that at least part of that is uh, some sort of beta issue. At least yeah. I hope. It feels so like what, what they're trying to overlook it. It feels like what they're trying to do is have their cake and eat it too with this. Like they're not doing flat out like game streaming, but they're not allowing you to install it and run it completely on your machine. So it suffers in both respects. You have to wait it's every the time. It's of both, but the strengths of, ne- of neither. Right, and they need to commit one way or the other. If they want to do a streaming service, then put some stuff on the back end so that you can run these games no problem and streaming to people. If you want to be just another way to deliver indie games to people, to folks, that's fine. But make it more into a client like Steam or Origin or whatever. Something like that so that you can at least download some of these games and not have to suffer from, you know, the long load times and the poor performance. Yeah, very disappointing. Yeah, I'm sad. Like I said, I'm going to go on their Discord channel or send them an email or something when I get a chance. Yeah, just send them, them to the my... segment. Okay, yeah, going to give them some of my feedback um, and ask them a few questions. Because I, I don't want to completely write this service off. I want there to be good game streaming services, and I want to be able to use them. Yeah. But this is not that. So, I do think I'm going to buy Acorn Assault, though. I really did like that game. Like, <laughs> like squirrel french revolution is hilarious so and it's actually a pretty decent game with a assist like a, a little card battle system that makes sense i, I like wonder it if this uh turn or have the same fate that on did where a lot of people were, was treating it as essentially a demo service maybe because uh, do you remember on i yeah and that, that was a big thing was that they had, well, they, uh, on live had this thing where I think you could play for an hour or two and, you know, and that's enough for a good demo of a game. So a lot of people are going to on live streaming the game for free for, you know, uh, uh, some time to try it out. Granted, I wouldn't exactly play, uh, you know, a shooter or something because you're doubling your, uh, your lag if you're playing online, which is just <laughs> terrible and, Honestly, I, I tried. Oh, I don't even know what racing game it was, but it, you know, just the lag time was just enough to throw you off. Grant, I'm sure if you once you played it enough, you and learned to compensate, it would have been fine. But yeah, uh, it's it was treated more as a demo service, and it suffered for that. And right. I, I'm concerned that this may suffer the same fate. You know, someone. Uh, goes in, pays ten bucks, tries their entire library, finds games that they want to play, and just buys them on Steam, and you know doesn't renew. Grand, you know, they're still getting the ten bucks, but they're not going to get a lot of repeat customers. All right, where were we? <laughs> to on to your first game, I guess. Yeah, or I guess I should say my only solo game. Yeah, your only solo game. Oh, Shadowbug. Speaking of games that are a bit of a disappointment. And and here's the funny thing that happened to me with this is that I put out the uh, the video and then t- 
today, just before recording, I get, you know, a nice little uh, uh, tweet. Oh, I love the video, and they retweeted it. And I guess they posted that before they watched it. <laughs> <laughs> because I uh, fire up tweet deck later, and, you know, uh, tw- this tweet is unavailable. <laughs> and I go to the uh, the actual tweet out for the Sunday sampler, and oh look, no retweets, huh? So yeah, Shadowbug. This well, for one, it's a mobile port, which you could already see where we're going with this, huh? E- probably. Yeah, I was having some technical issues, particularly. It doesn't have a true full screen mode, so every time my mouse would go near the bottom of the screen, the taskbar would come up and go over the game. Yep, a slight issue, because this is technically a platformer, and I guess it works as a platformer, but it's uh, definitely a platformer that is built for phones, that it just, it's, it can work with a gamepad, but you would... It's like trying to type with boxing gloves on. If you're not strong bad, you're not going to be able to do it. Okay. The whole idea of this game is if you're a ninja bug thing and you're trying to get through the level to uh, basically save the forest from evil monsters or whatever. And you do this by killing things because, yeah, that's how you roll. And this is a platformer with no jump button. The only way to traverse the level is to chain kills, which actually works fairly well. And it's also kind of fun. But it comes up to the point where if you screw up, you have well, you have to get all your timing down pretty much perfectly. There's a very small margin of error for timing. Because a lot of the enemies, particularly in the bid stage, I got... This game has, I think they said 36 levels, and I got in the mid-20s in 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty quick. Yeah, and I'm ballparking probably a two- to three-hour game just based on that. Uh, particularly the fact that this is a mobile title, and yeah, they typically have shorter gameplays to begin with. And also, a lot of it is trying to get you know, three stars, or three shurikens in this case. See, ninja stars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, trying to get three uh, ninja stars, shurikens, uh, on each level, but there's really no incentive to do that because there's no, yeah, like bonus or required unlocks because they just unlock in sequence. It, 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 I think this is uh, the problem of going from mobile to PC is that there's just a complete change of expectations of a game, and I think that's fair to you know expect different things because mobile games are typically you know pick up and play for a little bit and put it down. Well, a PC game, you, you know, usually have some sort of investment in time. Usually. I mean, you do have games that are built around, you know, playing 10, 15 minutes, but those are more of a rarity than anything else. Yeah. And it disappointed me because I really wanted to like this game, and I did like it for the most part. It's just, uh, you know, the technical issues, the fact that it doesn't have a proper full screen, and it does have, it. Uh, well, it, to tell you the quality of the mobile port, it has a sound slider. An independent sound slaughter. So it does have that going for it, which is nice. Which is nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm trying to think of anything else, really, because this was a very, very short game. Uh, well, in a very short video for me. And yeah, I mean, that's really it, is that it's 
it feels more like a timing puzzle game than anything else in the guise of a platformer just because of how you traverse the levels, which, you know, isn't a bad thing. And I like the movement of the game. Oh, and also it does this weird thing where the geometry of the level whenever you're attacking something doesn't matter. In that okay. if there's a solid wall between uh, you and the enemy and you click on it, you'll still fly towards it and kill it. Which is really disorienting for the first, you know, like, five or ten levels because you have that built-in ingrained thing of okay i guess i attack that later because you know i don't have a physical direct path to it and it's just that weird thing of yeah flying through walls and killing things but if there's a spike or some sort of uh hazard in between you and the enemy it will kill you but also any enemies between you and uh, the enemy you're attacking are uh, killed in the process yeah, okay, I see some of that watching the the trailer for it. That movement traversal does look really satisfying. Yeah, it is a very satisfying movement. It's just, yeah, it's going to be a very, very short game. And I'm and I'm expecting probably a $5 game, most likely. I mean, if they have it above $5, you know, this is definitely not recommended. Yeah. Uh, and they have some really deep bosses in it. I, I, in 45 minutes, I killed three of the six bosses. That's pretty quick. Yeah, but also because of they have because of how they have this puzzle element, it's more of you know figuring out how to defeat them than just you know uh, uh, attacking them just blindly. And I I almost hear Kyle going, "Hey, I know a game like that." <laughs> so Shadowbug is four dollars on on the yeah. Play Store, Google Play. So. Yeah, that's why I was expecting about the $5 range because of the PC development tax. And this, like I said, this is a mobile game, and it's already out on both uh, Google Play and iTunes. I bet it's going to be 10 bucks on PC. You watch. It will, because it's almost $5 on on mobile. No, then it's a definite not recommended, uh, unless heavy uh, sale. It might be like $7. But, but it's kind, but it's kind that. of funny that, you know, that they pulled the, <laughs> the retweet <laughs> after they watched this video. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I'm not being unkind to him. It's just I'm I'm being tough but fair, at least in my eyes. Yeah. Speaking of devs doing things with tweets, uh, Spin Tires was on sale. Oh and, boy! And I saw like the tweet that some someone I don't know I don't think it was a dev but somebody posted a tweet. It's like in a bundle or something, and I posted the link to my review. I just went ding, and then the link. I got like 300 YouTube videos or 300 views pretty soon after that. Wow. It's up to almost 2,000 views. It's my number one viewed video. And it's also the number two search result if you type in Spin Tires Review. Hmm. So, yay me. I did something good. Pouring uh, yourself did, out properly. I did the thing. Anyways, uh, okay. Well, if that's all you've got to say about it, then I guess I'll move on to talk about my... I have two solo games... But one of them is just like a quick mention about something. Yeah, particularly uh, since we're going to go in-depth next week on it. Yeah, I guess I'll do that in force. It's just going to take me a minute. Portal 2, um, obviously, like you just said, it's going to be one of our two Game Club games for next week. Our, our Game Club saga. I don't know, that, that feels wrong. Whatever. Yeah, this wasn't made by Sega. <laughs> Anyways, um, but uh, I just wanted to say, like, I I have this kid that I'm working with 
who uh, he's in a foster home and he's got like some serious attachment issues and stuff and he really struggles to work with other people but he loves to play games so one of the things that we do to help pass the time while we talk is is play games and uh, he, fi- he like he finally trusted me enough to show me his whole gaming collection today instead of just being like I want to play this game or I want to play that game mm-hmm. uh, and Portal 2 was in there and I was like dude we should totally play Portal 2 and he's like oh that game's dumb and I was like, no, trust me, if we play it together, it's got two-player, you'll like it. And so we started playing Portal 2 today, and we got through a couple of the multiplayer levels, like, you know, how we, we you know we completed the entire, like, puzzle set, I guess, for... Oh, know, yeah, the first one. one. And, yeah, we did, yeah, the first one. And he, like, we really enjoyed it, and he worked well together, and by the end of it, he was like, okay, maybe I can work with other people. <laughs> so, yay, Portal 2! The Cooperative Testing Initiative. It turns out it works. Indeed. Also, he thinks that I'm, like, amazing because he's like, how do you know how to do all this stuff? And I was like, (laughs) I mean, these are really simple puzzles. And also, I had someone show me, so it's not like, I mean, I'm, like, amazing or anything. But he's like, no, you're the coolest. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) But it's good. This This kid's not very good at video games. He's just not. He's pretty bad at all, at every game we've ever played. But especially Portal. <laughs> also, I have to say Portal is terrible with a controller. Well, Just yeah, the it's a, well, it's a first person game. I don't I, know how we're gonna do some of those later puzzles that inquire that require quick reflexes. Uh let me guess he has it on a console? Yeah. Yeah, Xbox three sixty. But now nah, we'll figure it out. We've got probably. I mean, I imagine that there's probably some sort of auto lock on. I mean, there has to be. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, thinking. Well, granted, uh, it's been a while since I've uh, since we've done the multiplayer. But I know the single player. Unless you're doing some wonky stuff, there's no time that you really have a very quick actions uh, in the single player for Portal Two. Do you think he just needs a mouse and keyboard? Maybe. That would probably help. He's really bad at all console games. That involve, like, quick actions. He's really bad at shooters. Um, first and third person. He's bad at Portal. He's okay at Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, but Dynasty Warriors is, yeah, uh, press whatever button to, you know, kill everything on the battlefield, pretty much. Yeah. Dynasty Warriors is a power fantasy, and not that it's a bad thing. You know, it's just one of those things that, it, it, at least what I played of it, I agree, and I never really went too in depth on the Dynasty Warriors series, but it's one of those things that you know, you play it just to you know kick ass uh, to rock and soundtrack, right? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Nope. But yeah, he's bringing the Dynasty Warriors. He's, I mean, I was gonna say good at like Fallout, but it's pretty hard to be bad at at those types of RPGs. So Oh, it depends if he wants to set the world on fire. Hey. But yeah, I just wanted to say that about Portal. Like it's helping with therapy. And that's pretty swell. And then he gets depressed because Gladys is all passive aggressive. He doesn't like GLaDOS. No, he doesn't like her. He's like, she's mean. I'm like, she is mean, but I find it funny. Why do you not find it funny? And then we talked about it. Just wait till he gets a single player. Glass is brutal there. <laughs> uh, uh, Granted, have you gotten to the single player yet? No, I haven't. I I played Portal One 
while I was gone on my trip. Yeah, which, Portal One. Yeah, it was a, yeah a couple of hours. Yeah, I think it took me like three hours. Yeah, I'll be well. I'll be going through Portal with the dev commentary on because this will be my like probably fourth or fifth time through the original Portal and my third or fourth through Portal Two. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the other game that I played this week was Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, it. I have some mixed feelings. So I got it for my for my birthday or was it Father's Day? I don't know. I got it as a present for my mom because she knows that I love Mass Effect. And I told her that the new one came out. And so she bought it for me. And aww. But mom just got it for me for Xbox because she knows I have one. Uh, and she doesn't, you know. I mean, she plays well, but she doesn't know anything technical. Like, I have to fix all of her problems and build everything for her. So No, no, no. You can pick up the mouse. <laughs> so, uh, so she got me Mass Effect Andromeda for Xbox One. And I hadn't... I just hadn't gotten around to playing it yet because I didn't want to play it with all of the million problems that people described it as having. Um, but so it's now it's had nine updates in three months, I think. So I was like, okay, well, Katie and I were talking the other night. We were like, we're going to watch TV or movie or something. And she was like, you know what? We haven't done in a while. Played a video game and I drank wine and made fun of you. So... We played. We picked Mass Effect, the new one to play. She was Same like, "You can pick whatever." YouTube channel for her to do that. <laughs> she was like, "You can pick whatever game you want. I don't care." I was like, "Well, now would be a good time to play Mass Effect Andromeda." So uh, we sat down and played it on the couch for like two or three hours, maybe. Um, and then I've played it for several hours after that. And like I said, I have some mixed feelings, and most of that I'm pretty sure comes down to the console. So let's start there. Technically, on the console, it was pretty shitty at first. It was barely able to hold 30 frames a second on like the or the easy parts of the game, like inside stations or whatever, where that there's not a lot going on graphically. Um, when you went down to, to any planet, it was just a nightmare. Random freezes and hiccups all over the place. Maybe 25 FPS. Yeah. And then combat was just a joke. Just constant freezing. Um, do, do you think this may be part of the problem with the kid? Maybe. Although Xbox 360 games weren't quite that bad. Because they didn't... It was towards the end of that console cycle where they were like, let's make everything fucking shiny and massive. Yeah, that's There's something a, that I've never really understood with the console. It is that they pushed the graphical quality to the absolute limit of the hardware. To the point that it impacts the gameplay yeah there were a decent number of 360 titles actually that ran at 60 frames a second yeah i've never understood why they do that i mean i i i could understand locking at 30 uh, to increase the graphical quality fine don't like it but fine all right but getting it to the point where the game constantly drops way below 30 and has freezes yeah you consider that acceptable fuck yeah it, it was pretty bad i mean the xbox one just the standard Xbox One is the weakest of the whatever this generation of consoles is in that we are, whatever. I've like, lost the track weakest... of, the, of the generations because we have this weird generation upgrade now. Yeah. The, uh, the Xbox One X, uh, One X now or something. But, I mean, it's so it's the weakest console, and that's the one I've got. So that's part of, I mean, I mean that's the biggest problem. It just doesn't have the, the horsepower to run the game. 
So that was a disaster. And I was about ready to quit. And then my I was like, you know what? It, there's probably nothing there. But let me just go check the options menu. And sweet baby Jesus, they have some things that you can actually turn off some post-processing effects that makes the game run better. But, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. They have graphical options on a console game? They do. There's not a ton. Uh, but, you know, it's something. You can turn off volumetric god rays. Uh, you can turn off photo... What is it called? Granular photography. So, so in other words, uh, you uh, become an atheist and uh, you uh, go to digital. And then you can turn off... What's the other one? I said volumetric god rays. Yeah. Granular effect. There was a third one that you could turn off that was another... Shit. Change type of uh, AA? Hang on, I have to look this up. Okay, we'll just uh, wait here. Because I didn't, I didn't actually know what this one was, so I had to look it up to see what it was. Come on, search history. Don't let me down. Yeah, I'm starting to search as well. Grand, whenever I turn, uh, go to Mass Effect Andromeda uh, options menu. You know, it gives me a bunch of PC stuff, which you know, is not wrong. I'll look more editing. Chromatic aberration. That's it. Chromatic aberration, which is like a photography effect that mimics um, light, certain light conditions to make a photo have more depth of field. Ah. Um, and it's like it happens in, naturally in photographs, but it's a post-processing effect that can be added to supposedly convey a sen- more better sense of realism. Not only did turning off all of those effects made the game run better, but it also made it look better. Yeah, I'm they looking were going at the examples. For this, like, yeah, I was looking at the examples on uh, Wikipedia uh, because uh, a severe uh, purple fringing can be seen at the edges of the horse's uh, forelock, uh, mane, and ear uh, because of this. And yeah, why would they want this in the game? Supposedly, I mean, I, I, they were going for like a gritty realism look, but I like I like clean sci-fi. And Mass Effect has always been a very clean sci-fi. You like clean like, sci-fi, but you like Star Wars. I do. I mean, I like all kinds of sci-fi, but I don't like my sci-fi that I'm used to it being one way looking another way. Like, Mass Effect has always been like, the future went well. Everything's been hunky-dory, but now well, these giant monsters the, yeah, are coming yeah. to eat us all. Yeah, except for you know, uh, Cthulhu uh, coming from space, you know? Yeah, and this just makes it look like everything is just covered in a layer of grime and shit, and I don't like that. But turning those things off made the game run pretty much stable at 30 FPS. Occasionally, there would be some dips in combat, but it never froze or hung up anymore after that. I was amazed. I even posted a tweet about it that I was really happy that uh, a a console game had some graphical options. Yeah, that is rare of itself. That made me really happy. So, I mean, if you've only got a console to play games on uh, i'm not sure why you're listening to this this <laughs> podcast but we welcome you anyways but you know i could recommend mass effect andromeda as a game that actually tries to give gamers some options in terms of how their games look and play so that was pretty nice and that made it run better and made it at least acceptable i mean i'm a 60 fps guy through and through but if you can give me at least stable 30 and as long as the game's not something that involves really twitchy immediate controls or reactions which mass effect andromeda is not 
I mean, I spent probably seven of my 10 hours like in the station just talking to people. So, you know, I can, so in other words, I can handle it's a visual that. novel for you. I can handle that. Um, so I was very impressed with that. As for the game itself, I mean, if you like Mass Effect, you're going to like Mass Effect Andromeda. It's basically more of the same. Um, it, there are some pretty... The, uh, uh, there, oh, shoot. Who was... Uh, th- there was a rather in-depth article about the development of Mass Effect Andromeda and where it went right and where it went wrong. And one of the things that people were talking about how uh, MMO-ish it is. Have you gotten to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to say that for anyone who's played um, Dragon Age Inquisition, this feels very much like they took that system and just said, okay, let's make this sci-fi. Which I loved Dragon Age Inquisition. I loved, I mean, I like MMOs. I like the grindy, explory, complete all the quests in an entire area. Like, I can dig getting 10 bear asses or 10 sci-fi bear asses. That, so I that, really... Or uh, uh, 10 uh, chrome uh, sci-fi bear asses. There you go. So, I mean, I, I dig that about that. And I was about to say, you know, one of the big changes, though, compared to other Mass Effect games is that there's a lot more openness, a lot more exploring. In Mass Effect 1, you could go down and explore planets in the Mako, and there was some of that. They completely took it away in Mass Effect 2 and 3 uh, and made the games much more linear. Uh, but now the open worldness is back and it's bigger than before. And there's a lot more stuff going on on planets because the the whole thing of Mass Effect Andromeda, in case you don't know, or listener, you don't know, is that uh, we send out colonists to the Andromeda galaxy so that basically if things go wrong with the Reapers, we yeah, this all takes of the place major races... Mass Effect 2 and 3, everybody's, get the fuck out! Yeah, yeah. So um, so you're, you're colonizing these worlds, and as you go around on the planets and on the stations and complete missions and quests and do different things, you basically increase... Uh, the viability of colonies on these worlds and the effectiveness of your kind of hub station. Uh, it's called the Nexus. And you get little, uh, you get progress bars to tell you what's going on, but you can also see changes in the world. Uh, I didn't do a ton of stuff, but on the, the, the planet that I've gotten to, I've got its viability up to like 25%. And so originally there was like nothing there. There was just like sort of the remains of the first colonization attempt. And as the progress meter goes up, like, uh, there starts to be more things going on, like people there, and this stuff starts to get to, to be cleaned up, and buildings are powered on. Uh, supposedly, you can, as you terraform worlds, they change as well. Like, this planet's a desert planet, but the mission that I was on was going to see about turning on the uh, atmospheric, whatever they call them, whatever it's called in the game, that basically uh, terraform. changes the atmosphere, atmosphere and terraforms the planet. So... Uh, that's pretty cool. I love that sense of progression, and I really enjoy seeing it happen in real time. Another thing that I really like about Andromeda compared to other Mass Effect games, and I feel like this is becoming a lot more common in RPGs, is that you're no longer locked into a class. Basically, you can level up to infinity. Like, there's no level cap, and you just basically get more and more and more points that you can dump into everything as you go along. Um, so you're never locked into a class, and you can respec at any time. Uh, the sort of in-game gimmick for that is like you have got this AI like directly connected to your brain and he can rewrite your neural pathways at will. And so you can change um, all of your skills 
at any point in time that you want. You can set up different profiles for different skills and get different boosts. Like if you want to be a biotic, which is Mass Effect's version of like magic, um, you can put a whole bunch of points into that and then set up a profile that boosts that. Or if you want to be a tech guy or a soldier, you can set up profiles for that. I think you can have up to six profiles at a time. So you can do a lot of customizing. You can set custom weapons for the profiles too. It's pretty neat. I really like it. And, you know, I like that they made it make sense in lore instead of just being like, ah, oh, you can respect whenever. We don't care. Yeah, there was some uh, one interesting thing I heard about this game. Uh, and part of the reason why there's, uh, well, so much MMO content. Uh, I'm not sure if you want me to go too much in depth on it, but. No, go ahead. I don't care about it. Uh, they, they were talking about how a lot of the game was going to be procedurally generated. Interesting. And that uh, your story missions would all be the same, but then you would have, you know, the bear ass missions, you know, be different. And you'll have different plants pop up. There's an interesting and, sort of... Pro- sorry. And supposedly that ate up a lot of development, Tom, and part of the reason why the game felt so rushed on release. I see. There is some interesting ways that it handles progression in the game. So in the other Mass Effect games, when as Shepard you basically set up who the shepherd was in the first game and then that followed you through the rest of it like you picked like a background and like a you know like were you a colonist were you the a military person like whatever and that was who how everyone addressed you throughout the rest of the game and this you've got like a developing personality in the ways that you respond in complete quests like responding conversation and complete quests and then you can go check your personality growth at any point in time and that affects how people respond to you like, my character has a reputation for being a combination of, like, analytical and logical, but also, like, caring and compassionate, which is pretty much me in real life. And so people... Yeah, but where's the smart-ass points? <laughs> I have some of those occasionally, but a lot fewer than than I would have thought. But so people come up to me and they're like, oh, hey, nice to see you. How's it going? Uh, but then I've seen people, like, YouTube videos and stuff where people have just been dicks and people come and they're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. What the, What do you want with me? So it's interesting to see how that can develop. I don't know if it like presents any major story differences, but it's nice to feel like the game responds to you as well. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other major gameplay elements or anything that I can talk about yet. Uh, not for like spoiler reasons, but just because I'm not very far in the game. Like I said, I've only played about 10 hours. And in a game like this, that's like nothing. Yeah, that's well. You're on the first planet, so yeah, I'm on the first planet. I mean, I did the training mission, which is on a planet, or the tutorial mission, and then I got to the space station or the Nexus and did a whole bunch of stuff there, and then finally went to my first planet. Yeah, they regret not playing this on launch so you could see all the derpy faces. <laughs> I still get a few derpy faces, but most of them are fixed. The biggest issue that happens is that every, or I guess the two biggest ones is that every once in a while, characters will just randomly squat. But they'll still have their weapons, like, in the ready position. But as soon as they move, that fixes. And then sometimes when you're in a conversation, someone's eyes will just kind of loll into the back of their head. <laughs> like they're having a seizure or something. And then in a, in a minute, it fixes itself and it goes away. But that's only happened, like, those two things together have happened maybe three times in ten hours. Which... You know, for some people that may be too much, and that's totally understandable. But compared to what it was at the beginning, where everyone was like, ha, check out this dumb shit, it's much, much less than that. Well, uh, the big one I always saw was the 
right after I think you get the AI uh, you know, put into your skull. Yeah, Ryder wakes up and she has the well. It was always the female Ryder that I saw. I'm not sure if it's just an issue with the female Ryder and not the male, or if it's just you know everyone was playing the female Ryder. But it was yeah, you know, the derpiest, the derp face. It's like, well, it looks like the AI definitely is the only intelligence there. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting point actually that I commented on to Katie. Uh, so when you start the game, you, the default character is female Ryder. And you also can go in and customize a few things from the the other Mass Effect games, like what does your Mass Effect uh, Milky Way galaxy look like? And the default Shepard is Femship. Hmm. And I was like, huh, that's neat. That's pretty cool. Just it just shows, I think, like how far that that we've come and how far these games have come. Like, just you know, the the two main sort of protagonists are just now considered to be canonically female, and I like that. I mean, you could change it if you'd rather it be male, like, but I did because all, like, all of my considered, like, canon games have been male chefs, but I just thought that was nice. Katie was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is nice, and then she went back to doing whatever she was doing. Uh, but, drinking wine and making fun of you. Yeah. Um, the other, I think another really good gameplay feature that I want to point out is multiplayer. So, I haven't played the multiplayer, and I have no interest in playing the multiplayer, but the f- do they force you to play the multiplayer like Mass Effect 3 did? They do not force you to play the multiplayer. What you can do is that uh, as soon as you get the multiplayer unlocked from... I mean, you could just go straight to multiplayer if you want, but inside the campaign, like you can unlock the multiplayer. Like You can walk up to a computer, basically, and be like, all right, I want to play a multiplayer mission. But they also give you tactical squads that you can use. So like you walk up to it and it's like, okay, I want these bonuses and the stuff that I can get from the multiplayer mission but I don't want to play multiplayer, I'll just send one of my attack teams to complete the mission. And they have a chance to, they level up, and they have a chance to fail it, and you can equip them with better gear and stuff. Or you can choose to lead the mission, and then, like, you go in, you can go in with the attack team and their AI instead of multiplayer, or you can just go full on multiplayer. So I like that it gives you options. I mean, so far, I just send the attack team in all the time. I haven't found any negative uh, effects. It's just, like... If they fail the mission, it's like, well, they failed. I guess we'll have to try again. But I like that they still have the multiplayer bonuses and things you can get in there, but they don't force you to play multiplayer to get them. So that's nice. Uh, so overall, I've really enjoyed the time that I've been had in the game. I'm going to keep playing it. But I did. I bought it for PC because I just couldn't stand 30 frames a second and a controller. Because even if you stream it to... Because you can stream games from your Xbox console to your Windows 10 PC. And even if you do that, you can't use mouse and keyboard. You have to use a controller. So, Or you don't I, want your uh, Xbox to just burst into flames, do you? <laughs> no. And that makes it worse, too, because then you have input lag and another granular effect from streaming it. So I bought it on Origin because right now it's 50% off. I think it's 50% off through the end of the week, which means that if you listen to this podcast on the day that it comes out and you want to play Mass Effect Andromeda, you can still buy it for 30 bucks for the standard edition plus tax, whatever that is for your local area. For me, it was 3 bucks tax. But yeah, good game. I really like it. I was kind of worried, kind of worried because I heard a lot of mixed result or mixed reviews about it when it first released. And I'm a huge Mass Effect fan. I mean, I've said many times on this show, Mass Effect is my favorite game series of all time. Uh, so I was worried, but the gameplay itself and so far the story itself have been really enjoyable. 
And I think most of the issues originally were people who either were expecting it to be something completely different than it was, or were miffed about the technical issues. And or I totally people that didn't that like how Dragon Age Inquisition went and didn't want to see it in Mass Effect. Yeah, that's that's a good one too. Good point. Because we were talking about uh, that, you know, uh, having the Mass or the Dragon Age Inquisition style of uh, questing, and there was a lot of people that absolutely hated that. Yeah, I put I think 130 hours into Dragon Age Inquisition, so I like it. I like MMO questing, apparently. All right, well that was my other solo game. So what's the last game that we played together? Uh, funny you mentioned that because it was Don't Starve Together, our streaming game for the week. Yep. And this was a little frustrating. <laughs> yes. I, I yes, think it I was. was the one that went into it knowing the most, and it was just enough to make me uh, a little bit dangerous. Yeah, several of us had never played it before. And then you had. had did, had you played it before, or is it you just knew about it? I, I played uh, the single player, not the multiplayer. Okay. So some things changed. Like in the single player, you die if you don't have uh, the touchstone or the meat effigy, you're dead. Game over. Uh, and the thing is that you have a lot more resing options in the multiplayer just because you know, you have more than one person around. Right. But also, it changes a lot on just how much you have to get, uh, generate food. Because in the single player, you know, you get a farm or two farms down, and that's enough to feed you uh, pretty well. Uh, just with uh, random foraging, at least until winter comes. But the thing is that you have, well, in our case, it was what, four mouths to feed? Five at one five. point. There yeah, were five, five of us playing. So, yeah, that's a lot of food that needs to be generated. And I think I was the only one trapping for quite a while. Well, yeah. Yeah, you were. I was the only one who cook was cooking. Like, no one else figured out to how to cook except you, I guess. Yeah, because I, like, I knew how. I was like, guys, you can cook food, and then it gives you more health. Or more not more health, more, more hunger points back. Yeah. Yeah, matter of fact, one of the big things is instead of eating carrots, unless you absolutely have to, Use those as bait for the traps, and you get a bit more nutrition because you get the uh, little rabbit things. Yeah. And also, well, we didn't get that far, but you could also uh, get a cooking pot that makes even more nutrition out of uh, uh, out of the meat and some random ingredients. But, yeah, that's the thing is that it, Don't Starve Together, well, Don't Starve in general, is either... One of the games that you just sit there and you just bang your head against the wall until you figure out things, or you start looking things up. And there's really no place in between those two extremes. And that's its strength, and that's also its greatest weakness. Yeah. We started a couple of games, because the first game I had yeah, put the, it yeah, in the mode. Yeah, you put it in pretty much uh, single-player-ish, only it has the extra res options, but and you immediately died. I did. I got killed by peace. No, no, I get killed by a frog. The bees almost killed me. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that combat is one of those things that you absolutely want to avoid for the most part for you know, several days until you get armor, until you get a proper weapon. Because uh, you can attack with tools, like the axe, but it's not as good as you know, like attacking with the spear, or attacking with some of the uh, weapons, or just getting one of the few ranged weapons, which are, there are a couple, but not many. 
Yeah, I went. And they usually have some sort of strong downside, <laughs> like uh, the magic weapons. Uh, they'll cost you sanity. Oh, interesting. That's but, a good way to use uh, well, sanity. Well, they cost you sanity, and they also have limited use. Yeah, something like I think ten to fifteen uses. But they're also very powerful, so you know they'll kill things and just base things at a couple of shots. Uh, the boomerang uh, can kill birds and rabbits, uh, but you only get 10 shots, and you also have to catch the boomerang. Hmm. So you could hit yourself and do da- health damage to yourself, and it's kind of tough in the beginning to get uh, those healing selves back to just heal yourself up. And the thing is that, yeah, if you die, you lose your maximum health. This is even in the single player. If you have some sort of self-res, you'll have less maximum health there is a way to recover that but it's also very tough to do especially in the beginning where we were yeah yeah so when we actually got our game going where we were doing better uh we most people starved repeatedly because we couldn't get enough food and the few of us that did have enough food couldn't support the other people too yeah and that's the thing is that well I think we may have had too many people, uh, or at least too many people that didn't know what they were doing. And that's not a detriment on uh, the other people that are playing with us. It's just, this is a type of game where you can't really support more than one or two per, uh, people that aren't actively contributing. Yeah, at least not at the beginning. I think if we'd got our farms going, we would have been on okay well, on also, that front. Also, we picked a bad spot to begin with. We had the rabbit field. But that was about it. And, yeah, the rabbits are not exactly the greatest source of food. Yeah. And we forged out everything immediately around us. And the one time that I went off to gather a bunch of food, I got killed. And then I couldn't find my corpse to get all of my stuff back. Yeah, I I went south to uh, go exploring, and I got killed because it, uh, it went nighttime just at the wrong time so I pull out my lighter I was playing uh, Wendy I believe uh, and she has a little lighter that you know, hers is essentially a torch well something aggroed me from off uh, off my viewing radius from the small radius that the lighter gave me and I didn't see it coming and it just uh, kicked my ass And yeah, uh, but I was able to recover my corpse because I thankfully ran far enough away from it and also I did find what I was looking for. I found Muffalo, which which was uh, what I was hunting for because I was looking for the fertilizer. The poop. Yep, their poop. Because I, I built three farms. You did. You did build th- three farms. And then those fucking pigs came. Or dogs. Whatever they were. Pig dogs. Yeah, that's the essentially the first boss. This You could kind of treat this as a roguelite because it does have a, ser- a series of bosses that happen at uh, set intervals. And the hounds are really the first thing that really can screw with you. And I didn't know exactly how to deal with them. Yeah. I mean, you just had to kill them. But the thing was is that we had ran out of food the day before. And almost everyone, if not everyone, died from hunger. So they had low health. I was on my... I was... uh, I died due to just random combat. But I had one uh, uh, death as well, which brought my health down. And I didn't have armor, and that's the thing. Yeah, nobody had uh, armor, I don't think. And only yeah. a couple of us had actual weapons. Everyone else just had tools. Fucking dogs. But, I mean, now we know that they're there, so we can prepare for them a little bit better next time. And I think 
now that we've all played it and know at least like the basics that we could do a lot better. Yeah. I think we also, if we do this again, I think first thing we have to do first day is just to fan out in all directions and figure out, okay, where is a good spot? Because we need a place with a, a fair amount of uh, foraging uh, possibilities and either rabbits or uh, muffalo. Yeah, those would be the best. You just use them for the poop until you get farms, and then I guess kill them for meat. Yeah, well, you also have to watch out because mating season for the muffalo. Uh, okay. Let's just put it this way. They get horny and uh, start fucking, and if you get <laughs> too close to them, they'll fuck you. <laughs> I'm assuming that kills you. Oh, yeah. But nice. the thing is that also, well, another bonus for the muffalo is that you're able to shave them. Ah, you can make clothes. Yeah. Okay, maybe you shouldn't kill them for meat. Or you can kill a few of them. And the thing is that if you have a supporting uh, herd, uh, baiting season also allows baby muffalos. Sweet. Yeah, I, I really liked it, actually. Uh, it feels like it's really deep, well thought out. Uh, I don't like the the nighttime, like them all the monsters in the night trying to kill you, but... Yeah, I mean that's part of the aesthetic and the yeah, gimmick that's and all the, that jazz. Yeah, so. that's part of the gimmick, and also it's what a third of the day, uh, the day cycle. Yeah, it's a third or less. It's not very much of the day is actual complete darkness where that you die if you don't have fire. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that there's a lot of light sources that you could have, and also they have it where things can happen, so you're not just sitting there. And that's uh, that's the real detriment to a lot of these games that have a day-night cycle built around a survival aspect, is that night is treated as a downtime where you just sit there and craft and do all sorts of th- uh, other things. And this, you know, you have events that will, you know, screw you up if you uh, aren't active. Yeah, there's the, the, the darkness hands that come to try and steal your fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else can happen at nighttime? I don't want to spoil that. Are we going to try again? Uh, if you want to. I would love to try again for another stream night. I do think all of us should read some sort of yeah, beginner's tips. Yeah, that would be nice. Because I don't really know how to handle the very beginning of the game. Like, staying near the portal had the one advantage of we could just respawn and be right there at camp. Yeah, but the thing is that you don't want to be able to quickly respawn like that because, you know, that meant you died. Yeah. Uh, the main thing should have been, you know, hunt down a source of food and also a source of sanity. Because how many people were going insane? I don't think anybody went completely insane, did they? Yeah, yeah but you start getting uh, nightmare uh, animals attacking you and that sort of thing. The thing is that the first thing I did was, well, 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 you went through a wormhole and that's a huge hit to sanity. Yeah, it is. But it was during the daytime. And my sanity recovered by nighttime, so I was fine. Like, my sanity... I had 200 sanity. Ah. See, some um, of the characters are also more sane than others. Yeah, and, I and was, that's the thing, is that uh, the different... What well, we had... Uh, who was the robot that got killed by the rain? That was Ghost Shark. Okay. Because, yeah, you know, that's another thing, is that if you... If all the characters have their own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And uh, the robot is, well, if you're caught in the rain you are screwed you need a parasail or you know some sort of hat to keep the rain off of you and he didn't have that and he actually started running around uh so yeah we couldn't even uh, give him one if we had one yeah i forget what my character's name was he was 
Lord or Baron, whatever, Wilfred. like Wilfred, yeah. And I had 75 health, but all 200 the, all sanity. All the characters start with a W. Okay. Yeah, I had 75 health, but 200 sanity. So I was really weak in combat, but I could uh, do tons of stuff that uh, would make other people go crazy. Like, I went mm-hmm. through a wormhole, like, twice back to back, and I was just fine. Well, that's the thing, is that, you know, you would be a better explorer, well, if you could stay out of combat, but... Uh, <laughs> I won't go looking for honey anymore. That's how I got... I was like, oh, a beehive. Maybe there's, like, honey I can get, and, like, I went to click to interact with it, Yeah, and because, uh, yeah, lots this is of bees game came about out. killing you. Lots of bees came out. And it was really funny at first to be like, not the bees! But then I was like, oh, alright, seriously. Help. I was like, I, I found Cube, and I was like, Cube, do you have an axe? He was like, yeah, why? And I was like, I'm bringing bees. <laughs> he helped me kill the bees. But then I got licked by a frog and died. Yeah, let's see. Well, I, I could tell you the characters. I just, uh, well, this is the, uh, this is an outdated since Shipwreck, but th- yeah, that's fine because we don't have that DLC. Uh, there's Wilson, uh, all around character with no real disadvantage. Uh, uh, Wendy is, or sorry, Willow is who I was playing. Uh, good for a night with a lighter, but Sandy could be a problem, especially with the debuffs. But no fire damage. Wolfgang uh, had higher health and higher uh, uh, hunger uh, uh, totals. Excuse you. Knocks but, off my desk. But he gets uh, weeder, weaker or stronger based on his amount of hunger. And Sandy can and will be a problem. Wendy has Abigail to back her up, which is just a floating ghost that will attack things. Not as strong as the others, though. And Sandy Drain isn't as bad for her. Uh, WX78, the robot. Uh, product, uh, 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 he could eat any food. He's upgradable. We never got to that, though. Rain will cause rust and damage. Lightning strikes will cause a system overdrive, which is a good thing. Wicker Bottom. Uh, knows tier one recipes and has magical books. Uh, high sanity abounds by not being able to sleep though, because that's one thing to recover sanity is you can build a tent and sleep through the night. And stale and spoiled foods are extremely bad for her. Woody uh, has Lucy. It saves times for shoe chopping. Uh, basically, unbreakable axe. He has a werewolf form essentially that lets you do daunting tasks, but is uh, easy to kill, uh, reverting back to regular. Uh, well, uh, Woody. And let's see, Maxwell, uh, or the, whatever name he has for uh, on there, uh, spawns uh, with good starter items, gets low to passive ban- a sandy boost, which is that what you're using. Lowered health, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes, who has... Uh, bi- uh, Volumes to make traps at a lower sanity cost, but uh, terrible stats and increased hunger. Wilkfred, who is battle ready uh, with high health and items, uh, killing gives health and sanity, so someone should definitely use her, but can only use meat or eat meat and has bad hunger and terrible sanity. And Weber has a beard for insulation silk, can be a friend most spiders. Good health and hunger, bad sanity, neutral spiders, hostile pigs, and bunny men. So you can see various uh, bonuses and uh, negatives, huh? Yeah. 
And granted, that's not really going in depth on any of these because yeah, you, know, you could go really in depth with some of these, like that. <laughs> Excuse you. I'll look more editing for you. It's fine. Yeah, it's annoying whenever you're trying to sleep in. Uh, that that's not that's a good engineer. Some of the bad ones. All the way. Grand, I know that would be you if you ever drove a train, but still. Yep. I would like to think that you'd at least not do that near a populated area. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. Oh, I would be the worst. Okay, anyways. Yeah, and then you would uh, be driving a train as well. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, but uh, is there really anything else to say about uh, Don't Starve Together? I don't think so. Not at this point. I mean, I like it. I want to play it some more and see if we can get farther. And yeah, then maybe I have more game, to say about it. Yeah, it's definitely a game that you need to read the starter guide. Uh, that or just, you know, bang your head against the wall. Which, honestly, I I personally don't find that as fun as some people. I mean, I this game does have room for you to figure out things, but it is very brutal if you do the wrong thing. Yeah. And that's really the downside of it, is that its brutality is both a plus and minus. Right. I agree. Okie dokie. Um, I think I need to take a break, go to the bathroom, get some more water. So let's do that before we move on to our first news topic. We are going to talk a bit about the Alex Maurer DMCA saga. Yeah, this is something I wasn't expecting to talk about because it looked like it was pretty much resolved, uh, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much over by the time I left to go on vacation, actually. Yeah, it's like, you know, there's not a lot to talk about here, mostly. I mean, we could go into things, but, you know, it's over. We we could probably skip and, you know, be fine. Yeah, it turns out we were just in the eye of the shitstorm. Yeah, she's back. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't even really know where to start, honestly. This is just so Well, let's insane. start at the very, very beginning with... Uh, what is it? Indigo Software? Uh, uh, the maker of uh, Star Mazer? I do not know. Because that's really what kind of tipped things off. Is uh, she was making the soundtrack to Star Mazer, which I'm trying to find on... Uh, Steam, but there, there it is. Star Mazer DSP, which um, Indigo Softworks. So I was close enough. And Pixel Jam was the developers. And uh, I actually had this in my library. I didn't realize that. Whoops. <laughs> there you go. Oh uh, yeah, I could probably get uh, sued for DMCA takedowns or something. Uh, just by owning the game uh, at this point. But anyway, she was doing contract work for hire work, all right? And this is the important part. She is a for hire contractor making the soundtrack. And she had medical issues, which I've never seen disclosed on what it was. And it doesn't really matter all that much unless, you know, she forgot to just take her crazy pills or something. <laughs> well, well we, should, we should probably not call her crazy. Um, how about mentally unwell? That's fair. That's fair. Because, uh, to be perfectly honest, she's acting like no rational person would. And we'll really get into that, because 
but she was working on the uh, so- on the soundtrack and had a medical problem and had to leave the team eventually. And the way her contract was set up was that she was paid for work done. And, yeah, that was the end of it. Or so you would think. Fast forward, was it about a year? Because Star Mazer's been out for a bit, I believe. Yeah. Well, it's in early access. And, yeah, that's how things work, right? Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, fast forward some time, and she starts issuing copyright uh, takedown notices, uh, DMCA takedown notices, on really just random and smaller YouTubers. Kind of funny how the bigger YouTubers that uh, did stuff on this wasn't touched. Hmm. Strange, huh? Extremely. Well, then she starts attacking, well, uh, trying to just blackmail and extort money from these people sending invoices for tens of thousands of dollars to random youtubers <laughs> and uh saying well i'll re- i'll release the dmca notice if you cover how i'm getting screwed on my contract never mind the fact that yeah about that uh it turns out uh she was the one that broke contract not them and, and oh uh, do you want to take over here? <laughs> You're because, doing a good job, buddy. Because, yeah, it starts to get really, really murky at this point. Because she goes absolutely batshit and starts threatening people. She takes, uh, she goes after her own, her own lawyer at this point and actually doxes him. Yeah, she doxed several people, if I remember correctly. Well, well, well the fact that she's doxing her own uh, uh, you know, defensive lawyer. Which, you know, whoever would defend her is just absolutely crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it, she doxed her own lawyer. She started doxing people. She started getting rather belligerent with pretty much anyone that would contact her, saying, this this isn't right. You don't own the, the copyright to this. Or I have written permission from the developers who own the copyright. And... Eventually, uh, I believe the term was taken into custody. Uh, f- uh, I believe it was Total Biscuit that uh, tweeted that out. Yeah, she was taken into custody. And was given a restraining order from not doing any more DMCA takedowns. And that was a couple of weeks ago. And we thought, you know, it's past. She's obviously having issues. There's nothing else going on here. And then the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, I was not aware of this until this afternoon or this evening, whenever we were getting ready for the show, and you were like, so this is still going on. Yeah, really. Yeah, she uh, went after Le- uh, Leonard French, I believe it is, the copyright attorney on YouTube. Yeah, who, I love that who, guy. Who actually is the defensive law lo- or the, uh, you know, the defense lawyer for Integro Softworks. <laughs> he took up the case. Yeah. And was actually sending him death threats. Because sending a lawyer death threats is really going to work out for your case. Yeah, that's just a great idea. You know, just send people death threats. Uh, you'll get what you want, I promise. Don't actually do that. That's not real advice. Don't do that. Be nice to people. What? Who is that? Where? <laughs> well, obviously it wasn't me. <laughs> so, uh, oh, sorry. 
yeah, uh, and she went after another game, which I'm uh, gonna have to bring up the title S- here. Star Mazer. No, 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 no. Uh, River City Ransom Underground. I, I knew it was River City Ransom. I can't remember the uh, colon, uh, you know, subtitle for it. Because this is uh, essentially a, I believe this is a sequel or a reimagining of the NES classic River City Ransom, which I actually played back in the day. It was actually a really fun beat em up. She went after them and is forcing them to change their soundtrack just to get rid of her tracks. Because she did soundtrack work there as well. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous. But this also shows a huge weakness of the DMCA system because it presumes that, well, one, people won't abuse it, which whoever thought that wouldn't happen is fucking delusional. All right. U.S. Uh, law. Yeah. Whoever thinks that people won't find a way to abuse anything is just delusional. But also the fact that it relies on the copyright holders, which I realize she's not the copyright holder, to actually be sane. Oh, oh, and also at one point, I, I forgot about this. Uh, she put up the entire soundtrack for Stout Arbazer on Bandcamp for, I think it was $1,000. <laughs> okay. Saying, if you buy it here, you'll get uh, yeah, the rights to it. I mean, just, uh, what the hell? So, as a as a mental health professional, yeah, I feel like it's yeah, yeah. Let's get your professional. It's my on this. it's my duty to weigh in, and I could joke, and I've made jokes about it before, but I genuinely think that there's something wrong with this well, woman. Or the, or the fact that she took a medical leave uh, before all this happened about a year ago. I could I'm, probably diagnose her pretty effectively with like three or four different disorders right now. Most likely, she's had something because I mean, up until this point, like you, we didn't hadn't heard anything about her. I mean, well, it's possible, she, but she she's is, just uh, well, she well, well, I shouldn't say yeah. She was fairly well respected and had uh, quite a few uh, uh, soundtracks in movies and games. Grand uh, Star Mazer and River City Ransom are probably the more well known, which you know, makes me a little leery about playing any of the other ones now. Yeah. Um. Excuse me. I could, you know, I could diagnose her with three or four different things, I think. But most likely, she probably had something really bad happen in her life that nobody knows about. I don't know. Maybe, like, a really bad relationship. Maybe, you know, someone abused her, either, like, sexually or physically assaulted her. Or maybe she had a bad relationship with someone in her family that passed, and now that's, like, weighing really heavily on her. Because for people to make changes like this, normally one or two things has to occur. There's either... Some sort of brain damage. You know, it's possible she was in, like, a car accident or something. Uh, damaged her brain, changed her personality. Or you have a tragic tragic event that you just don't respond to well at all. And, for lack of a better term, go off the deep end. One of those two things probably happened. Well, um, she also obviously had a severe uh, lifestyle change very recently. Just uh, due to her uh, uh, going from uh, male to female, uh, trans. Well, I'm not saying that's uh, the cause of this, but it's also a big lifestyle change and could be a uh, possible, yeah, something happened there. It could be. Statistically, there is a, a decent chunk of people who undergo... Um... And I'm not trying to be transphobic on that either. I mean, I didn't even know until, you know, fairly deep into the shitstorm that... I didn't know uh, at all. That, that she was trans and uh, if 
the first time I heard it was her squawking about somebody being transphobic by calling her a crazy bitch. <laughs> well, I mean, she is acting like a crazy bitch, I have to say. I didn't know she, I mean, I didn't know she was trans until you just said it right then. I mean, there is some, has been some studies and there's some, some evidence that, um, doing that, the hormones that they put you on can really mess you up. And if she did not go through the proper channels to get her transition, she might have missed some of the critical steps that they go through to do like psychological evaluation and physical evaluation and things like that. Um, so there could have been an issue actually with her transition. When did she, I don't know exactly. Uh, I just know that it did happen. And then also statistically, it's something like 40 something percent of people who undergo a sex change, uh, regret it. And then delve into usually depression, sometimes some other psychotic symptoms, um, because that's not actually their problem. They have other problems in their life, and they just think that that's going to fix it. But yeah. that's a whole nother thing. And I mean, everybody who knows me knows that I am all for people doing whatever they want to do with their bodies, as long as it doesn't hurt other people. But that has been pretty heavily studied at this point. Um, so we do know that there is instances of that happening. So, I mean, it, it probably is just a combination. Maybe something happened to her during her transitionary period. Maybe she regrets becoming uh, a female uh, or maybe who knows. But a lot of these things are probably weighing on her and she just has sort of had a has snapped. Either she's had a massive personality change or has had a, a psychotic break. She could be suffering from mm, drug induced. Maybe she's mismedicated. Uh, yeah, some sort yeah, of hormones there, yeah, or something. Just, there, there's just so many things here that could be triggers for it. Yeah, I mean, I would need to do like a full-blown psychological evaluation, but my, my two best guesses are um, some sort of life change that's got her suffering from either PTSD or yeah, major which, yeah, which depression. Which trans could be you know, that, right? Yeah, it could be. And, and the could fact be. that uh, I've obviously been hanging out with you enough to realize this. <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, it could be those things. Regardless, she definitely needs some psychiatric help. Um, and then beyond that, just see what's going on. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of these activities are pretty close to criminal, if not. Uh, uh, well, considering the DMCA takedown notices are perjury on yep. every single count, and she has racked up over 90 of them. Wow, that's a lot. I knew it was a bunch. I didn't realize it was that many. Uh, and that was just well one of the uh, on the show notes. There's going to be at least three videos linked. Uh, two of them are uh, the copyright attorney just uh, talking about well, pretty much the latest stuff going on in the case. Him getting uh, death threats from her and just uh, a little bit more in depth on uh, some of the more recent stuff, uh, particularly where she's wrong about the contract. But yeah. then there's another link that is probably about a 20-minute uh, uh, general overview from someone that had one of their videos taken down on a copyright strike. And you could hear the underlining, seething anger, which you really can't blame him at all. <laughs> yeah. Because a copyright strike on YouTube is a really big thing. I mean, it's three strikes, you're gone. I mean, that's a... yeah. If you're spent years and years on YouTube, th uh, yeah, someone uh, getting a hair up their ass. Uh, can you imagine a Let's Player that had three episodes of this on their channel? That's three strikes right there. You are fucking 
gone. And that shows a severe weakness of the DMCA. Yeah. And the and the fact is, here's the, here's the thing. I'm going to actually stick up on YouTube on this, is that they have no choice in the matter because of the safe harbor clause. They have to respond immediately and assume anyone that gets a DMCA strike on them is guilty as sin. And I really showed, I think this shows that the DMCA needs to be taken a severe look at and changed. Yeah. I'm not one to say that, oh, it should be uh, completely abolished. There should be no copyright things whatsoever, because that is just complete craziness, particularly with some of the things we're going to talk about later. (laughs) Yeah, that's craziness more towards the other direction. That's more anarchy. Anarchy. Yeah. But the same thing, you know, having someone be instantly assumed guilty because of some oh what's the proper term here oh yeah nut job (laughs) Uh, because of some nut job on the internet becoming irate because she thinks she was wronged on her contract when she obviously wasn't if anyone bothered to actually sit down and read the contract which I've seen the text of the contract it's pretty explicit on who owns the fucking copyright and little spoiler, it's not her. Yeah. I could diagnose her with histrionic disorder. <laughs> You're just saying they're thinking of all the Steam cards. I mean, that's like, I mean, really, that's if histrionic disorder is basically uh, diagnosing a woman with a mental condition and for being a woman. I'd like, that's a real thing that exists in our modern uh, huh. DSM. Uh, it, it's like, do it, it's basically a period. Like, do you ex- have your period? Yes, well, you're diagnosable with histrionic disorder. I mean, it technically, since she's transitioned... You know, I don't know. Do you transition women? I was about to ask that. Experience I, I was honestly about to ask that. I don't know well, that. Well, well, I was going to be... They don't have uh, a uterus. Well, well, well I wasn't going to say ask about the period. I was going to ask, uh, can they be uh, 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 considered for that uh, disease or mental problem? Because yes. uh, they're still genetically male, even though they have all the hormones. Yeah, no, you can still, I mean, you can actually diagnose uh, a man with histrionic disorder. You can you can meet enough of the criteria without actually having uh, a period to di- mm. be diagnosable with histrionic disorder. But you can pretty much diagnose any woman with histrionic disorder because she has a period and she has a problem with her uterus. Or, you know, she's uh, more um, mature. Not old, mature. Right? Yeah. That's how it works? Yes, absolutely. And? Let's see. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. No, you can't... If you have been a male transition to a female because you don't have a uterus and they don't, like, give you one, they just give you a vagina, you can't have a period. (laughs) I'm... (laughs) I was pretty sure that was correct, but then I was like, no, just, maybe just the way it's you said not. It. And now I'm having a Monty Python moment where, well, you got to keep it in a box. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like, I was like, they definitely don't. But then I was like, do they? I mean, medical science has come a long way. But no, they don't. Uh, we've got, uh, this has gotten way, way off track. Welcome we? to the educational portion of the podcast. <laughs> This this sex ed portion of the podcast, I guess. Yes, we've uh, we've learned an important uh, lesson here. 
Male to a female transitions, you're not issued a, a uterus. Nope. <laughs> I feel really stupid now, but it was like, I just had a pause. Like, well, well, do my, my big thing was, uh, yeah, uh, uh, just where the line is, not, but hmm. uh, the fact that that's the <laughs> definition. Yep. Well, that's a thing. Yeah. Or, or not, depending on your uh, state. I should just totally one day, like, go get the DSM out and, like, go through and read you. There's some crazy shit in there that's holdovers well, well, from the days is, when... Isn't is it that the entire point of it? Haha, <laughs> touche. There's some, some very old and backward stuff that's still in the modern DSM. So, yeah. It's gotten a lot better, but there's still some pretty bad stuff in there. At least we don't say that being gay is a mental health disorder anymore. Why should they be happy? <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of conservatives like to think that way, but it's not in the manual anymore. You can be gay, and that's okay. And now I'm slipping into Avenue Q. <laughs> so now that we've offended most of our audience in some way, <laughs> somehow we just managed to offend most offend them all right there: men, women, trans people, gay people, straight people. Now we're just going to drop some uh, about thirty seconds of static in here, yeah, and a lot of a lot of swear words. <laughs> oh, all right, let's move it on to our uh, next our, our next topic. Uh, well, I, well, I do think that we seriously need to look at the uh, DMCA at some point. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think the DMCA. I mean, we've talked about it before, though. Like, uh, well, we're both content creators, so yeah, you know, we do have a horse in this race. We do. Uh, thankfully, even though I own star mazer or well, uh, review copy of it i'm pretty sure i didn't buy this but yeah that's uh, that, that is it is it a bad thing that it's, i look up the game on steam oh i own this <laughs> happens to me sometimes too probably you more often though yeah I'll, yeah i'll go on reddit and see someone uh talk about how awesome this game is and you know it's like yeah, that game does sound awesome. Here, I, oh look, it's uh, it's also on sale and pretty cheap. I'll, I'll I'll at least take. Oh shit, I own this. <laughs> nice. But then again, also I get review codes that are just weird. Like, what? Well, well, uh, today, literally just before the podcast started, mm-hmm. I got review code for Simple Planes. No idea why. Nice. I, I signed up for it when it uh, was originally releasing on Steam, and some developers will go back and you know do just a blanket uh, uh, allow on uh, the codes once you know a certain amount of time passes. So I'll get a game that's you know like two or three years old. It's like, why am I free game? What the hell? <laughs> right. Right. All right. Well, let's move it on to our next topic. Uh, which is RuneScape Mobile. So RuneScape, the the game you know and love from 2001, is coming <laughs> to mobile devices, phones and tablets. Uh, supposedly in 2018, the site says you can sign up for a beta. And yeah, I guess yeah, I remember RuneScape. Yeah, and it's not like a mobile version of the game. It's not you know well well technically well, well, well technically it is well, as in not... a mobile version of the game not mobile version yeah yeah that's what i meant and uh we were having a pretty pretty slow week in the news and we saw this and we were like well we'll put this in there i played runescape when i was in high school so like 10 years ago 
give or take. Um, so that's my only touch point with, with RuneScape. Yeah, I remember when they talked about RuneScape on the screensavers back when uh, Tech TV was still a thing. Good old Tech TV. Yeah, then they were bought out by G4 and you know, became shit. And then went to Esquire and became even more shit, also known as the Cops Network. But I do think RuneScape is a strangely appropriate choice to go to mobile. And something that I'm surprised that hasn't gone to mobile yet. I, I, I don't know why I assumed that there was a mobile version of RuneScape or a RuneScape-like game out there. Because RuneScape is grindy as hell. And you know, what's most mobile games? <laughs> grindy as hell. I mean, it's like the mobile game. It, it was the mobile game before mobile phones were able to play games or, or play you know, anything beyond, like, Snake. You know? And, and, yeah. And that's the thing, is that I think this is probably a really good fit, assuming that they treat it right. And that's the thing, is Jaraxxus has this thing where they, unless you're a paying customer, as in, you know, uh, signed up to their subscription service, you are often just left down the cold. I wonder what the last update to their free version of RuneScape was, because I'll tell you one thing. When I stopped playing the free version of old, uh, the, well, the split from paid to free version was like two or three years old at that point, and there hadn't been a single update to it. Yeah. I don't... This kind of makes me... Oh, sorry. Well, I'm just... I'm trying to find free updates. Well, here's RuneScape updates. And it doesn't really list what version they're for, but most of the time, it's to the paid client. I mean, you you were talking before we started recording just how much of the is behind the uh, paid wall as in there's a literal fence splitting the continent <laughs> yeah there's like you get maybe 15 percent of the game's content if you play for free i'm just kind of averaging everything together because you know some you got a little more some you got a little less but in all it, you only get about 15 percent of the whole game if you just play for free yeah honestly the free version is more of a demo these days which is not a bad thing but you know it's runescape is a weird game to still be uh, paying for because there's a lot of stuff that is essentially uh, free-to-play games that are pretty much RuneScape these days. Great, it doesn't have the brand recognition. That's the real thing about RuneScape is that people have that nostalgia for RuneScape. Yeah. Part of me is tempted to try it. Just, like, try it again since it's been so long. It, I mean, it'd probably be like playing a brand new game. But the other part of me doesn't want to because of something we talked about that I'm not going to talk about just yet. We'll save that maybe for next, an, a week or two from now. Oh my. When we, when we talk about it, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, whenever we decide on that, we can talk about it. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, I might play it on my phone, but at the same time I'm going, why would I play that on my phone? I mean, I agree with you. I think it's probably a pretty good fit based on what I remember of RuneScape. And as long as they do it well, I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't work. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you do anything well, or if you do something well, no matter what it is, it'll probably be fine. But, uh, you know, I'm like, why would I play that on my phone? I have so many other games that I could play on my phone that fit the 
the phone playtime better, why would I sit down for hours and play this on my phone? Well, I that's the thing. Is I don't think this is meant to be something that you pay uh, play for hours. I think this is going to be, you know, your pop in and do some mining or pop in and do some fishing, pop in and, you know, do some uh, just general collecting because they t- were talking about how this isn't a separate version. This is the actual client on mobile. So that should be a shared world and a shared account. Yeah. And that's where I think is the strength of this is that this isn't for new players. This is for old players or ones that want to come back and be able to, you know, sit for 10 minutes and, uh, you know, just get that, uh, that mining, uh, whack-a-ball back in, uh, assuming that mining still works like that. Because I know, uh, at least, uh, when I played, it eventually, if you went to a populated area, it was very much just whack-a-ball, you know. Uh, oh look, that one uh, is uh, has something in it. Quickly get to it before everyone else does. <laughs> yeah, that sounds nice. I used to do that in WoW. Go around and hit all of the spots. Like I had all the respawn timers for the ores and everything down. Like I had them written down and stuff. It's like okay, this one's popped up here. Now I can run over this place and mine this, and then go over here, and that timer should be up. Yeah, when I was uh, doing my crafting in WoW, I actually had a an add-on that or a mod or whatever that uh, would take a look at my map and see, okay, you have nodes for this uh, uh, area and you want to have the most efficient flight path. This was back when flying was more important because that, that's one thing that's really turned me off from uh, just wanting to go back to WoW is... It seems like every every expansion now they always lock away flying for at least a major patch or two now. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of my save table is just random flying mounts. I mean, granted, I had the motorcycle, and the motorcycle is rather badass, especially you know just this giant blue shaman on uh, this uh, mechanical beast. But as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, in EverQuest, my uh, mount was also uh, mechanized. I wonder if that's a thing for me. I had a, a robo boar, and no, I'm not joking. <laughs> nice. And I'll, I'll wait while you go uh, search for what that looked like. <laughs> uh, but I had an add-on that allowed me to just have my flight path to you know hit all the uh, ore spots, and if I wanted a particular ore, I'd be able to see okay. This map has, you know, let's say 30 or 40 uh, nodes for it that I know of. And I'll be able to fly in this pattern and be able to cover them all in this amount of time. And knowing the uh, respawn time of those, you know, I should be able to cover the uh, ores as they respawn. Granted, I wasn't a druid, so yeah, I didn't have the cheaty. Oh, I don't have to leave flight form. You're searching Robobor, aren't you? No. Oh, I'm disappointed. I'm I'm acquiring a game from Jim. Oh ma. He's sending me a VR game to try. Probably talk about that next week as long as I have enough time to play it. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm I'm I remember so little about my time playing RuneScape. Uh well for me RuneScape was more of a grind fest and once that really wore off for me, uh didn't really play it anymore. And that's uh that's the thing. It, 
Well, to give you an idea of the time frame, I played before the first person hit level 99, and I believe it was smithing. And there was this big thing that, oh, this one person hit 99 smithing. Sweet. And granted, yeah, level 99 did absolutely jack shit, at least back then. I'm not sure if it does anything now. But it was just, it was, I want to say several million experience from 98 to 99. And uh, this uh, person had just uh, a team of miners supplying, uh, well, the character was female, but yeah, yeah, supplying her with ore to be able to fund this. Sounds fancy. I wish I had a team of miners supplying me with ore. Uh, Don't lie, you would want to be on the team. Uh, both would be good. I could do both. Yeah, but we know you. You pr- you prefer to get down and dirty. Wink. You know it. Alright, I'm ready to move on to the next topic, if you are. I think so. And this is something we should, probably should have mentioned uh, a while ago, is that Evolve, that's the land software, by the way, rose from the ashes. Indeed. So, a few weeks ago, it hasn't been uh, too long ago... Uh, I would say about a month now. Yeah. Because remember the Franken episode also had uh, took some time? Right. We had the trifecta, sort of, with uh, No Man's Sky, Evolve, uh, and... Oh, shoot. I'm blanking on uh, our other whipping boy. Um, Battleborn? Battleborn, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's how important Battleborn is. (laughs) We're forgetting a whipping boy now. But... Anyways, yeah, I mean, they were having a close-up shop. Their investors had pulled out, and they lost some business deal or something. But apparently someone swooped in and is supporting them and going to be making some changes to it. Uh, they still have all of the login data, and, I mean, they said they didn't lose anything. So it, I suppose you can just re-download the client and log back in and start start using it again. Which is good, because I really like Evolve. I mean, I've used a few of those LAN, or a couple of those LAN uh, simulators, or emulators, whatever, before. But uh, Evolve was my favorite, just because it was super user-friendly. Yeah, the other big one was Hamachi, and you had to uh, join a virtual LAN, and it was always a little cumbersome. And then they really focused on the business aspect instead of the gaming aspect. And in order to get above a certain amount of clients on a single LAN, it was a ridiculous license, licensing fee, which for businesses, I understand, but for you know, gamers, it just makes no sense. Yeah. But this is more of just an update that we should have covered ages ago. I mean, this was put out June 26th, so that gives you an idea of how old this is. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could have had it probably uh, well on the uh, last episode before the Franken episode. So yeah, we uh, right at a month now, and uh, not a lot to talk about here. It's just yeah, uh, just an update. Indeed. Hey, Evolve is back. Indeed. Uh, so that's a thing. Yes, it is. So we also had uh, a couple of bits of itch.io news. Yeah, this is the flip side of the copyright stuff. Oh, and uh. Well, one half is copyright uh, friendly, well, copyright uh, law friendly, in that Double Fine is putting their stuff on uh, itch.io. I'm not sure if it's on yet. I haven't actually gone to check. And then you have the flip side of this. And this is something that makes me a little 
nervous about Steam Direct overall, which we'll get to in a little bit, is that Itch.io, their big thing is pretty much instantaneous storefronts and allowing small devs to uh, put up their small games and uh, you know, uh, get money for it, you know, get cash, uh, acquire currency, get females. Right. Well, the thing is that there's no real checks. And you can see where this is going. People were downloading torrents of games and putting on itch.io. <laughs> there's confirmed cases of RimWorld. There's confirmed cases of Stardew Valley going up. And the thing is that because itch.io is, at least in theory, a, a legitimate storefront, I had to think of a word there, these sites that just scrape different storefronts for deals would see, oh, RimWorld is uh, five bucks here or ten bucks on uh, HIO and compare it to the base price of Steam and see, oh, well, that's, you know, that's a good chunk of discount. We'll put out the email to everyone that has RimWorld on their watch list. And you can see where the scam comes in, don't you? Indeed. Indeed. People were getting pirated copies of the games and uploading them to itch.io and then just and, selling and them just, that way. Yeah, yeah, and getting the money for it because and here's the thing is that they don't even try to cover their tracks that say, oh, well, this is totally legitimate because there's uh, screenshots of the files where there's still the link to the torrent sites. And the thing is that also, at least for uh, RimWorld, if you're launching it outside of Steam, it errors out if you have the Steam version. I mean, granted, it, yeah, it's just a, hey, you don't have the Steam uh, API running. And, you know, it's something that you can totally click plast, and that's what I actually do for my RimWorld series. But I do own RimWorld legitimately as well. Is that you could just click past it, and, you know, it still runs fine. It's just, it's an error out. And um, I assume that the version from RimWorld's main site it's, it doesn't have that, but then you don't get all the all the sweet sweet mods from the Steam uh, Workshop. But this is really the flip side of the copyright issue that we were talking about with Alex Murr, where if you get rid of the DMCA, it just becomes a wild west where it doesn't encourage anyone really to put out their own work because it's just going to get stolen and re-upload somewhere else at a discount. And the fact that HIO has no checks on this is just crazy. I'm uh, shocked that it hasn't become a bigger issue, but maybe it's just because HIO is a smaller site. Yeah. Double Find Stuff is on HIO, by the way. I looked it up. It all looks like it's the same price as it is on other storefronts like Steam. So, Well, the flip side of it is that I believe it has to be copyright-free or... Uh, or not copyright free, but uh, DRM free. That's nice. Because itch.io doesn't have a client. At least yet. So they're not like Desora, or at least what Desora was. Uh, I heard rumors that Desora was coming back, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. That's another big indie uh, storefront, or at least it was. Yeah, they, didn't they go bankrupt? Yeah, twice. Yeah. Oh, twice. <laughs> Good for them. Once wasn't enough, I see. But so uh, the the big thing for HIO is that it's DRM free. But on the flip side of that, <laughs> well, that in the instant uh, uploads, 
But yeah, it's coming to bite them as they're getting bigger. And they're obviously getting bigger if they could attract double fawn. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that they do nowhere near the numbers of any of the other big sites, but I mean, they're doing something. There's a lot of little games on here. I see a lot of these little games pop up on people's YouTube channels as well. Uh, like, there's a few big YouTubers, like Jim Sterling. He's got a series called Itchio Tasty, where that he will just, like, pick a random word and type it in and see what there is and then play those games. Yeah, and Itchio is one of those sites that it definitely has some very interesting titles, but the thing is that it's very tough to find some good things. And Itchio isn't limited to just games. It also has a lot of gaming assets. Which can really muddle things up as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad site. It's just they're having issues that they really should have foreseen. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they didn't foresee, you know, instant storefronts of anyone being an issue. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't had more people, like, trolling them. Like, putting up, I don't know, porn or Or like what, uh, what... Steam Greenlight had for a long time. Yeah, like racist, bigoted, hateful things. I just had a thought. I I, I have a bad thought, and I'm going to share this. Uh, how long do you think it'll be until we have the first fidget spinner game that's all swastikas? It probably exists now. Of course. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, crappy little indie games are almost Rule Thirty Four, where if you could think of it, it exists. Yeah, it probably exists on, like, Newgrounds or something like that. Does Newgrounds still exist? They do, right? I assume so. I I think it would be pretty big news if it didn't. You know, this is one of the biggest meandering episodes we've had in a while. Yes, Newgrounds does exist. (laughs) It looks like the front page is all porn stuff, pretty much, though. Wait, that's a bad thing? No, just the front page is all porn stuff. Uh (laughs) Oh, dear God. Uh, I, I'm I'm going through uh, itch.io. I was joking about the uh, fidget spinner games, and I'm go I'm on my press account, and well, that that all tells you the quality of itch.io is that they give me a press account. I want one. I should ask for one. <laughs> but on the front page of my press account uh, that has the newest games, there's I see at least two fidget spinner games, <laughs> and oh dear, I, I need to link you this. This may have to go in the show notes. Just look how badly drawn this is. It, there's not even a game screenshot. That's the worst. Okay. Enjoyable. <laughs> this is terrible. I almost want to download this. You should, since you can get it for free. Report back on it next week. Fidget Adventure. Oh, this is definitely not a copyright issue. PewDiePie Fidget Spinner 3D. Nice. I'm sorry, but Fidget Spinner to me is, you know, just uh, like, hello fellow kids at this point. (laughs) Right? Indeed. I'm still looking at all of the weird porn pictures on the front page of Newgrounds. I mean, like, this is just like a doll face that looks like it's covered in cum. Like, what what is this? Okay, I have to click on it. What is this? Well, I have a feeling that new. Well, this is getting completely off topic, but you know what the hell at this point, right? Oh, this is weird. Oh, that's something coming from you. What is? It's like weird. What? 
This is not at all what I thought it was. Is that a good or a bad thing? Uh, yes. But, uh, but I think flashlights really need to go pretty much uh, purely mobile these days, or, or I should say, flash games. Because is there a, really a reason to play a, fi- a flash game these days if there if it's not something that is like on Steam that's bigger than your typical early two thousands uh, flash game? I don't think so. I mean, pretty much all of those have gone to mobile anyway. It's Sailor Moon as a man with a bait. What? All right, I should. We. I'm just gonna close that. I just have to close that, and we need to get back to, to yeah, podcasting. That's a big <laughs> you know, it's bad whenever it freaks you out. I'm not freaked out, but I just need to leave. Otherwise, I'm gonna spend the next two hours there, and we need to get the show done because I have to get up early in the morning stupid Uh, yeah that's your excuse work stupid anyways (laughs) all right uh our next topic is a more general topic we wanted to talk about steam direct now that uh it's been live for a little bit yeah we're i believe we're still in the first week or we're we're past the first week of steam direct and i have to say i pretty much noticed immediately after the steam sale that the general quality of things have taken a fear nosed off yeah is well do we know if this is part of the dump of green light games or is that over now i believe if you click on something it should say uh, approved by green light because they, they did a just pretty much a blanket approval which that ought to tell you just how green light worked huh where they did a blanket approval at the end yeah so we've got games <laughs> Like uh, Loading Screen Simulator. No, I'm not kidding. Loading Screen Simulator. The Jim Sterling did a great comedy video about this. Uh, where the, uh, He spends like the first five minutes of the video really going off on this type of shit. And then it like does these interesting little fade in and fade outs where he's talking about weird things. Like you come in out of context. I thought it was pretty good. But also just it's it's like a clicker game. Where the loading bar very slowly goes up over time. And I don't know if it ever fills up. <laughs> their their thing is, is like, well, it's free to play, so that can't be so bad, right? There you go. What is this? Ninja Gainic? Gainic? Tell me exactly what this is. Uh, well, I mean, this is Fruit Ninja. Yeah. But with paintballs instead of fruit yep and you're yeah and some sort of face in the background that i can't quite make out hang on i accidentally yanked my headset cord out get back in there there we go oh my all is well all is well and there's some sort of face in the background that i don't recognize offhand but yeah i mean fruit ninja for a buck 59 Fruit Ninja's not that expensive anyways, though. Yeah. Hang on, let's... Can I filter out the DLC? I should be able to. Because, yeah, you you have things like Rocksmith uh, 2014, for some reason, just dumping a bunch of DLC on here. And let's see... What was that other one we found? The Fidget Spinner one? Uh, I've... There's like two or three coming up. Fidget Spinner Simulator. Uh, it, 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 it's one of those things that... 
yes, yes, at least I rail on fidget spinners a lot because it's so much of just a cash in, really. And just one of those that all the gas fidget spinner and nothing else. Yeah, fidget spinner simulator is it just is bad. The music's bad, the animation's bad. Uh, okay, okay. Anything about this the... game is bad. Yeah, I'm just I'm scrolling through just looking at some of these and Yes, there are good games out here uh, coming up, and there's uh, games that may be taking uh, advantage of Steam Direct that wouldn't otherwise be able to make it. But oh, it's just getting so pushed aside by you know, Fidget Spinner Simulator. Um, uh, hang on, what's a, another one? Uh, uh, well, here's a r- uh, random uh, RPG Maker game, which who knows if that would have made it otherwise. Um, Star Trek Timelines. <laughs> that's a shitty I, mobile game about Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, but that's not using advantage of Steam Direct. I imagine that would have gotten on anyway. Probably, but I'm just going through the new releases, and it's like there it is. House Party. House Party. I actually have a review copy of that. <laughs> I want to play House Party because it's one of those games that looks like it's so bad it's good. I got a review copy of that, and I decided, you know, I want to play something that actually has a chance to pl- uh, be decent. But the uh, most damning thing coming up is more not the release, but the upcoming. Have you looked at the upcoming releases? I haven't. Let's go look at that. Just click on the upcoming tab and mouse over some of these. Like, like Marble Masters the Pit. And do not uh, judge me for having review copies of some of these, please. <laughs> Marble Masters the Pit. That looks terrible. Knock the marbles into the pit. The Fall, Part 2, Unbound. Is that actually supposed to be a good game? I have no idea. Space Battle <laughs> Humanity. Is this... This looks like a, like a Facebook-style game. And, and I think this is where we're really going to go, is that... It's, it's going to rely so much now on Steam systems to be able to find good games. But even though we are going through discovery queues like crazy, I mean, we do at least one a week now. There's only so much that you could go through. And we're looking at just tons and tons of games that are coming out on a, well, week daily basis because pretty much you don't see any uh releases during the day or during the weekend i should say but uh well uh here, here's jared's game of the year I, I tweeted out this one uh the other day there you go enjoy shark dating simulator xl oh with shark boobies i'm in i'm in Look at those shark boobies. Yeah, I'm all Assuming in. that it's not censored. But yeah, this is... Oh, I wish that there was some way to filter this a lot better. And maybe that's... Uh, maybe this is what Steam needs to focus on is... Okay, open the floodgates and let the ship you know, just sink. But at the same time, how are people supposed to even hope to keep up with this outside of just keeping a constant vigil on the front page? Because I, I'm sure that there's just really good games that are just going to get overlooked because, well, they just don't get their time on the front page anymore. It used to be before Steam Direct and even before Steam Greenlight, the first major 
boost on game sales was being on the Steam front page as a new release. And now they've had it where uh, even newly released games don't even get on the front page. Well, for one, you have to scroll pretty far down. And the uh, main thing is new and trending, which filters out a lot of uh, the new releases, maybe for a good thing, because if if you saw if you, if you saw Fidget Spinner Life, <laughs> you, you'll just turn off Steam, right? I just yeah, I just go somewhere else. So I bought Mass Effect Andromeda from Origin, so I guess I'll just go over there and, and do just that. And to be fair, the uh, the new and trending outside of Loading Screen Simulator, which what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Are all at least decent looking games. I think I think Loading Screen Simulator is supposed to be satire, but they did it wrong. I think. Also, it's the Devolver Digital Conference. Yeah. Yeah. See what I did there? I see what you did there. Maybe we're being unfair on Steam Direct. I don't know. It, I don't it, think the, so. The more, the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm. Uh, I think it really comes down to just we don't have the tools. Yeah. They desperately need to go in and make it. Well, for one, I, well, I ranted about this last week the Steam tags. <laughs> because the Steam tags are just it's stupid. Like, oh, let's just pick one. Oh, actually, this. I was expecting a lot of troll tags on this, but uh, there's only simulation on this for a hand simulator. Yeah, a hand simulator. Uh, to be fair, I think you have. Oh, no, you can't add tags if you didn't buy the game. Yeah, I'm just go going through. I, I know the CS:GO sticker pack had pretty much every tag imaginable on it for a long time, and maybe that's part of the problem is that there's no real punishment on just being a dumbass. Yeah. Do you think if you constantly mislabel something, you should have your tagging privileges? If not removed, uh, at least stunted, so your vote for a tag doesn't have as much weight? I think so. I think that that would be a good thing. That would uh, hopefully encourage people to be, or to take it a little bit more seriously. And maybe I'm uh, just yeah relying too much on the Steam tags in general. But it's the same basic idea that you know, we have limited tools and seeing people just dick around with them is a, a bit frustrating, particularly whenever I know that there's uh, games just getting uh, bypassed because, you know, there's like, I want to say 20 different RPG makers on the upcoming game list, RPG maker games, and that's probably being conservative. Yeah. Are you looking at the upcoming game list, <laughs> or have you? Yeah, I have. I've been scrolling through it. Some of these, actually, I feel like a lot of these look like real games, as opposed to uh, these quick slapdash, whatever you want to call them, cynical oh, that's money the grabs. Problem is, that, is that some of these, you know, you mouse over and you get one screenshot, unless you just sit there and let it load, but it's one of those things that the first screenshot may actually be worthwhile, but... Like, oh, let's pick one. Oh, how, did you ever see Re Wrestling Revolution 3D? No. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, 
and this is the part of the uh, podcast where we just start picking on random games, also known as Discovery Q. Well, not quite, but tell me what decade this game is from. Actually, I have no idea when this was originally released, if this is a new game or a re-release of an old one. It looks like it belongs in the uh, N64, PS1 era, maybe very, very early PS2. Uh, PS2 if they had no idea how to do texture work. Yeah. And obviously, gee, I wonder what characters these are supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> And also the menu work. Oh, dear God. I mean, this is obviously not that good. No. No, it's not. And the police are coming for it. <laughs> if you could hear that in the background. Yep. Bad boys, what you gonna, what you gonna do? Arrest you for copyright. Uh, <laughs> for for uh, poor singing. Forget the copyright. They're just like, this dude fucking sucks. Let's get him out of here. No, that's just where they beat you half to death. <laughs> Just shut up. Shut up. They're crying the entire time. It hurts my ears. They bleed. Uh, but do you think uh, Steam Direct, uh, after the initial glut, uh, will level off? I hope so. I mean, I'm willing to give it a chance. I mean, you know me. I'll give anything a chance, but... I think that yeah, we'll get this huge... Anything once. I think we'll get this huge out-the-gate wall like we've gotten in maybe a little bit longer. I think it will taper off. You know, you've got a whole bunch of people that I think that are going, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to do it before Steam cracks down and, and does some stuff. So I'm going to get my my millions now. And they rush out with whatever it is they're doing. You know, the, the cynical part of me says that. And then, in time, we'll see those developers uh, go somewhere else, and we'll see better developers come in who actually oh. care. And we'll see the amount of games released level off, and we'll see the quality go up and then level off. Well, there is the uh, cash-in po- uh, portion where you have to pay, what was it, 100 Yeah, it's 100 It was the per- same as Greenlight. Yeah, but it's 100 per game, I think, as opposed to just yeah. 100 bucks to well, put. Wasn't it that for, game, uh, for Greenlight as well, per listing? Maybe. I could be wrong about that. I thought you just had to pay... A hundred bucks, and then you could put any games you wanted up, or there was you put up a certain number of games for your hundred bucks. I think with Steam Direct, it's every game is a hundred bucks. Yeah, but if you get it past a thousand, you get that back, if I recall correctly. So that that's where I think it is going to uh, be the big thing is that if they could uh, get it where, okay, people are going to realize that okay. It's actually going to cost me money to put out my jokey uh, RPG Maker game because I'm not going to be able to sell that much. Then maybe we'll start to see this taper off, but I'm just looking at like the next few weeks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be. And, and this is one of those things that I noticed as I was signing up for stuff for review copies because uh, the main site that I use auto generates for the pages, even if they don't technically use the site. Uh, you know, just to. Uh, be able to collect the uh, requests and I was noticing worse and worse as I got to about the two week mark and that's what kind of prompted this was oh dear god why would you put this on steam right. there's some that yeah, look decent but then there's others that are why 
Huh. I, I didn't realize Alter Ego is coming on Steam. Fancy. Uh, and you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? Not a clue. Alter Ego was... If it's not the first major life simulator, it was one of the ones that uh, was the biggest... Uh, or the, that really got it big. I'm not sure if this is the same developer or not. But it's very text heavy. It, I mean, you like choice of games and it has the, it looks like the same engine. <laughs> oh yeah. I've seen something like this before. Add to wishlist. I've played a game similar to this before, actually. Yeah. Well, Alter Ego was released. I want to say in the nineties. Let's see. Alter Ego. Uh... Oh no. The original Alter Ego, assuming this is the same game. No, that's not the same game. Alter Ego Life Simulation. Uh, I'm trying to find the date on here. Well, let's put this... Oh, oh okay. Uh, I obviously played a re-release of it. Alter Ego was originally published in 1986 for the Commodore 64, MS-DOS, Apple II, and Macintosh. Hmm, interesting. And yeah, it's a, a, re, it's a remaster. A little surprising to see that on there, but granted, I had to sort through a lot of shit to find that. And maybe that's the big thing, is that they need to have their filtering up. Have, it, it, it all comes back around to they need better tools. Yep, or actual people doing some of this work. Honestly, unless they have a team of interns doing it, I'm not sure if they could do that anymore. It would be difficult. It, I think it would make a better dent than a one of their automated systems will, at least at this point. They still don't have the right setup for it. It's still obvious that's a little, lets a lot of garbage through and yeah. Well now it's letting anyone that pays you know the toll. Pretty much. It does seem like once you get past July things are starting to taper off, but then again that's also, you know, pretty far out. Still, you know, well a couple weeks. Yeah, there's only two two more weeks left in July, so yeah, because we have Game Club next week. Woohoo! Alright, well, I think I'm ready to move off of that and move on. I'm starting to get a little bit of the sleepy eyes. I might have to go get a cup of coffee. Wakey, wakey! Um, <laughs> yay! Alright, let's move on to our weekly community corner. I think I can do this without coffee. We, uh... Wait, you're getting rid of me? Yeah. I have a friend that calls me Coffee Rage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we had no text or audio letters this week, sadly. Yeah. Bring them back, guys. We miss them. But we did have some tweets, a few tweets, and a a response to the question of the week. So I suppose we'll just move straight into that. Yeah, I guess if we absolutely have to. Okay, well... uh, uh... We had Adam Smasher. Sweet. I found it. Thanks. I discovered you through the uh, 1P versus 2P podcast. This was in response to us uh, getting our Stitcher account up and running. Correct. So, hey, new place uh, Jared has put us. Now we're on Stitcher. And Million Lights. This is w- uh, what I've been alluding to for the uh, last, well, couple of hours now. I uh, love uh, your episodes, but please stop raping my ears. Another RPG. Or, or rip uh, RPG. I've been I've been in this Steam green light too much. <laughs> uh, too many RPG maker games. Uh rip headphone users moment. And yeah, this 
was a feature and not a flaw. And this was something that I thought it was just me being loud and I completely missed his original link uh, two weeks ago uh, talking about this. And it was coming down to the static and he's sensitive to that. Yep, so no more static. We'll, I, I like to have a little short transition, but I can play yeah, it out I, of noise or a tone. I, well, I, no, I think I have an idea for it, and I, I'll probably not be this week because I do have other things I need to do. I mean, we have a portal to get through, and I have other things personally that I need to set up that's going to take me a couple nights to get through. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, I do have an idea. Well, I, I guess I could say that here. How do you feel about incidental music? Sure. Get a little Seinfeld going on or something. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be okay. But yeah, that's my idea. Instead of having the static and not have tones or anything, which uh, they're all right occasionally, but I think that, you know, it's going to cause problems overall. And so that I never really noticed that you did all that much, especially because I don't listen to the podcast because I'm here. I'm listening to it live. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've said before, you know, now that I've, uh, well, on normal weeks when I'm not working 50 plus hours, um, you know, I've got more time and more energy. And so I've been doing a bit extra editing and including extra transitions and things like that. And uh, I think I've said it before. I, I, the static comes from another podcast I listen to, the Syncat or yeah, Sincast, which is from CinemaSins, uh, their their podcast, and they use just a little a little static sound to denote um, big transitions. Yeah, but I or think their cuts. static sound was also a lot uh, was a lot uh, lower in volume. Yeah, it, it is a, a little bit lower. I mean, I told you earlier, like I listened back to it a bunch of times. So I was like, okay, that sounds pretty comfortable to my ears. But you know, my ears are not everyone's ears, so I'm just gonna do away with the static altogether. Because I don't want to accidentally go, well, this is fine, again, and then hurt, continue to hurt his ears or other people's ears. So I'm just going to just gonna dump the static effect and we'll do something else. It's fine. There's a million ways to do transitions out there. So I'll just yeah, try to Yeah, we'll find a good one. <laughs> Maybe. No promises. Uh, and, well, that, well, I jumped to tweets immediately, mostly because I wanted to talk about Million Lights at the beginning of it. But we do have the question of the week. And we did get a really good response. Uh, my question was, with the post-E3 calm, which we definitely felt this week, do you have any general uh, discussion topics you would want us to talk about in the coming weeks? And Jim responded, how about, how do you judge a game's value? Hours of play? Cheap? The integral uh, of your enjoyment over time? You you said the experience? Question mark? And that is a really, really good topic. That is an excellent question. I always yeah, completely love the... sub- com- yeah, completely subjective and with a lot of room for let's agree to disagree. Yeah. And I'm in- I'm at an interesting transition. Uh, we'll have this more fully as a topic maybe next week or the next week. Yeah, we'll have to see just how news pans out overall because that's the thing is that because we at least try to talk about the news well when we don't have 50 games to talk about yeah but uh, I, we uh try to talk a little bit about you know current events or current ish events i mean to be fair we talked about one that's been going on for the what, the last month now yeah <laughs> but um anyways I, I am at this interesting transition where i'm changing how i evaluate the sort of value of games so 
yeah, that'll be that'll be a yeah, fun one. Is, yeah, this is gonna be fun and definitely one for the list. If we don't get in the next couple of weeks, it's definitely gonna be on the list to talk about at some point. Yeah, I've got several so, ideas you, too. I made like a little snarky tweet on there, like I have some or whatever, but I actually do have yeah, a few that's, ideas. Yeah, that's why I completely ignored you. Was uh, I, I have some, and you're gonna just link me our list. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually have a few new ones that I need to actually like put down before they get completely out of my mind to show to you. But that's that'll be for later, oh, like my. tomorrow or the next day. Oh my! Gonna show me. I'm gonna show you something. But yeah, uh, before I forget about the proper transition for this, if you wish to, uh, well, feed the moths that are in the mailbag, <laughs> you can email us bglpodcast at gmail dot com. Or tweet us like Billion Lights and Adam Smasher did VGL Podcast on Twitter. And the question of the week appears there Friday at some point in the evening. Completely random just to annoy Jared. Okie dokie. Well, let's move on to our... My kid. Move on to our final... uh, That's alright. I had a couple as well. Move on to our final regular segment of the show, which is our Steam Discovery queue. And it's my what week. we're not doing, what we're not uh, going to do, uh, what we're doing on our channels. We always do that at the very end. Yeah, but that's a regular segment. I, I guess you're just you're just being mean to me right now. <laughs> Steam Discovery Queue, go for the theme song. There, I said it. <laughs> oh, what can I say? It, it, whenever you say something like that, our last segment. Wait, what? <laughs> well, it is our last segment. I mean, I guess you have the closing bit. Well, that doesn't count? No, that's... Damn, I, It's like the conclusion uh, <laughs> of the show. They just gave me F1 2014 edition. <laughs> nice. Obviously, they don't know me that well if they're adjusting a racing sim, though. I'm getting jack and shit on this. I may have to do a second one. Car X Drift Racing Online. Why Car- does that sound familiar? Car X Drift Racing gives you the chance to immerse yourself in the real world of drifting. Unite with friends, tune your car, and burn some rubber. Looks pretty good. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be F1 2015. <laughs> nice. Well, you don't like that? You're fine. 2015, here. It's still a few years old. Well, it knows you. You buy older games at lower prices. Um, Jared, this is still 40 bucks. Oh, well, never mind. Because it's Codemasters. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I wonder if I'm going to get another uh, uh, one in here. Oh, I'm getting absolute shit. Yes. Did you get what is it, Fidget Spinner Simulator or whatever? No, F1 2017. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, this one doesn't release for five weeks still, and it's sixty dollars. So even the one that is what three, four years old now uh, is still <laughs> only twenty bucks off. I've gotten absolutely nothing here. Oh, hey, Star Trek Timelines. <laughs> I like how I mentioned that earlier in the new and upcoming. It's like, yes. 
I'm through my discovery queue, and outside of laughing and getting F1, I got nothing. So let's go again. Uh, maybe this is, uh, you know, the fact that we made fun of uh, Steam tools too much. <laughs> Did you get anything yet? I got one. I mean, I put Drift, whatever it was, on there because I thought it looked neat. Uh, well, are you going to talk about it then? I mean, you pretty much said it looks neat. Yeah, I could go back and talk about it for a second. Uh, let's see. I mean, it's a Drift multiplayer online Drift racing game. For some reason, it has no relevance to me, despite the fact that I have several car games. But, I mean, it just looks yeah, but, like... Yeah, but they don't have drifting. It looks like a solid, well-done drifting game. I mean, it, that's... I think this is going for a bit more similar... Or similar? Simulatory type feel, as opposed to arcade. Like, they're showing off a racing wheel in the video, and doing some drifting with that. Now they've got the 90-degree steering racks on there. Perfect. Nice. I'm on my second discovery queue because my first one, well, my first one was occupied by what a quarter of F1. <laughs> yeah. And this is a real-time battle game. Uh, it looks like RTS-esque, only uh, a, a sort of a, a in between, more of an in-between between MOBA-like battles and RTS, maybe. Because it doesn't look like it's a full RTS to me. At least from the few screenshots. Here, I'll drop you a link. This is Tooth and Tail. This doesn't release for seven weeks. This is how far oh, they're uh, decking on. Tooth and on Tail is it. on my wish list already. I saw that the other uh, day. I, oh, I didn't I didn't look. But it is uh, com- considered relevant to me because of Company Heroes. So maybe there's something going on there. Yeah, I did that, I think, the other day. I just but saw yeah, it, it on looks the like, homepage. Like, yeah, it looks like it's somewhere between RTS and a MOBA a, a bit more than you know, what MOBAs are already. Because I realize MOBA is technically RT, RTS already. But, it, you know, this is more so. Uh, is this the good sniper game or the bad sniper game? I, uh... There, there, there's two uh, uh, individual main sniper series on Steam. Okay, it looks like this may be the good one, I think. Oh, no, no, never mind. <laughs> There's two main... Uh, I, I want this just because yo, I need something about Q. Uh, this is... Sniper Ghost Warrior 2. And this looks like... Well, it's still rated very highly, but there's... Uh, one sniper game that is hyper-realistic, and there's one that's a bit more campy and cheesy, and this is the campy and cheesy one, it seems. Not a terrible game from the looks of things. Probably not my cup of tea, though. But, you know, need something. Huh. This, I started a second queue as well. I only got one game. The Escapist 2. I didn't know they are making a sequel. Comes out in four weeks, August 22nd. The Escapist 2, max uh, security. I mean, I don't... Would this be a direct sequel to the first Escapist, or just more of the Escapist with new stuff? Yes. I don't know. Looks pretty neat. Oh, there's a train. Oh, uh, well. well we is, that like a, is that like a prison train? I don't know, but I want it. Well, I found one. A uh, a pixel art a 16-bit dungeon crawler called Tangle Deep. It looks pretty interesting. It's uh, released... Well, it's on early access, so you gotta be careful about that, but 
Art-wise, it looks pretty uh, good. Which, yeah, there, there's a real in-between on uh, pixel art that I've noticed. There's pixel art that uh, we aren't artists and we don't have a lick of artistic talent. So, yeah, we'll uh, yeah, just cover it up with you know, uh, stick man made out of pixels. And then there's people that actually love the aesthetic. And this is a roguelike, or roguelite, depending on just how you want your nomenclature. A 16-bit... Dungeon Crawler, which actually looks fairly decent. Granted, it is early access, so you gotta be careful about that, so. No, it looks like it's proper roguelike. Because it's not real-time. That's the uh, real defining thing for me. I mean, I don't know if I'd really like it. Well, proper roguelike is kind of rare on Steam. You always get the roguelite, you know, sort of Binding of Ozzykisk. But a proper turn-based uh, system is a lot more rare. Uh, I just got the Escapist too. <laughs> nice. It looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. What is this? Rusted Warfare. Oh dear God. What in the fuck is this supposed to be? Okay. General rule for Steam. Uh, my first rule is that if you have a screenshot, I should be able to tell what the fuck. Do you think that's a, a decent rule? I think so. I think that's a good rule. I, I don't want to put this in the uh, uh, show notes just because, you know, what the hell is this supposed to be? It's supposed to be... Well, according to the uh, the blurb, it is a minimalistic puzzle game, which... A pu- minimalistic puzzle game, which goal is... Well, sorry. Which goal is to get the, key, uh, the cube to finish using four directions in space. I mean, it's a little stilted in English, isn't it? Sounds like the best. Yeah, take a look at the screenshots and tell me what the fuck. That is an incredibly minimalistic design, actually. I kind of like that. I, I oh, think they look gone in beyond... the description. QOP is a minimalistic puzzle. Well, that's what I just said. Yeah. Let's see... The... Huh, this looks interesting. This is called The Sundered. A horrifying fight for survival and sanity. A hand-drawn epic from the creators of Jordan Resist or Embrace. I mean, it has some very impressive art. I'm going to drop this in the show notes for you. Okay. I got Check that out. Between two cues, I got two games. Yeah, I'm actually getting more now, but I'm also... Uh, I think I may have gotten through the F1 barrier. This looks very interesting. What does? Sundered or something else? Yeah, Sundered. I absolutely love the art on it. I'm not digging it all that much. Grin, uh, it looks a lot better in motion. The uh, stills don't look that great, but it's just the little effects that they have. That's what I like. Maybe that's one of those games that it doesn't work that well as screenshots. Yeah. But take it, uh, just watch the trailer and look at some of the effects there. Does it look like a lot of people played it, though? I mean, 72 uh, uh, all-time peak according to Steam charts. Well, it's not... It's just pre-purchase. It comes out the 28th. I'm showing a sale. Or... Oh, oh, sorry, pre-purchase. I, I didn't even pay attention to... Uh, I just saw the buy button. Usually, whenever something's on pre-purchase, you know, it has, you know, buy it now, and it unlocks in, you know, so much time. 
Yeah. <laughs> and no, it's not an F1 game. Well, that's good. <laughs> but this is another trucking simulator, and I've been playing a lot of Euro Truck, so hey, the Steam uh, Discovery Queue actually worked. And it suggests... Uh, I haven't even been with my relevance, but... This one, uh, uh, it's considered relevant because of Euro Truck Simulator 2 and Spin Tires. Scandra Truck Driving Simulator. And it graphically doesn't look bad. I mean, Grin, simulators typically are not exactly graphically, if it, uh, have gra high graphical fidelity. It, I'm just looking through the reviews. Definitely uh, some mixed reviews on this. Uh, granted, overall mostly positive. It does have some rather nice locales. Yeah, it, it looks nice. I have no idea how it plays. It's only 99 cents. I'm really tempted to just yeah, buy this. Yeah, that tempting, but at the same time, yeah, 99 cents. Ooh. Yeah, well, uh, th that, that's that's below the uh, barriers. Like, why are they selling this for a dollar? Well, it's 90% off right now. True. It's promotional. I'm buying it. <laughs> 99 cents fuck it let's do it I'll, do it live? I'll report back on it next week uh, is this going to be uh, is, I wonder if this has multiplayer <laughs> uh, single player single player partial controller support is this going to be a game that we're going to both get and uh, report back on I'm, if you really want to get it Narc uh, let's see oh, oh here's okay main differences from your trick simulator 2 no money on economy system you do not uh, do any business or management. Oh, that's a major down point for me. It is. You just earn points or skills and cannot be used to upgrade or buy anything. You just unlock the next level. Uh, STS, this game, is purely a driving school with driving test. Huh. That'll be fun. I like driving school. So this is basically... Uh, if the mechanics are similar to Euro Truck Simulator, wait, I improve in Euro Truck. I think I'm going to pass on it, honestly. It'll be something I can play with my kid. Totally worth yeah. it. Yeah, so I uh, just sold you a game. <laughs> yep, I already bought it. I'll download it later. Uh, in general, every uh, Euro Truck Simulator 2 player should play uh, SDS before playing a Euro Truck because it's like going to driving school to practice and get a license before you can drive a truck across Europe. Well, a little late for that. <laughs> Should have shown me this, uh, how many hours ago? 114 hours ago on Eurotruck. But uh, if you're interested in Eurotruck, well, there's something to uh, get your feet wet, I guess. Indeed. Indeed. But if Eurotruck doesn't toot your horn, well, I guess that won't either. And we are done. I had to, we both had to go through two. I actually, my second queue was a lot better to me. My second queue wasn't any better. I got a lot of, a lot of garbage. Hey, my second queue didn't have a single F1 game. I, I just thought it was hilarious. In one queue, I got three F1 games. There should be some sort of system that says that, uh, you know, you can't get more than one from uh, a single series in a single Discovery queue. Yeah, fair enough, I suppose. But what if you find a game in a series that you really like, so you add it to your wish list, and then the next one in the list pops and, up? In a, in a single queue. No, no, I mean in the same queue. Well, I guess it pre-assigns your queue to you, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pre-assigns it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because you could look at your queue on the Steam store front page and see the first, what, like four or five games in it? Yeah, that's a good point. I just, I just didn't think of it. 
Besides, if you add it to your wish list, then it'll uh, change it for the next queue and make the other ones show up more likely. Yeah. So, uh, time for you to go first. Indeed, we've reached the portion of the podcast where I go first to tell you about my stuff. Uh, coming up on my channel this week, there is Divinity. There is going to be the podcast, of course. Uh, and maybe a couple of other things if I find enough time to get some editing done and some rendering done. But I'm not going to make too many promises because I've got, once again, another crazy week. Uh, it is important to announce that there will be no stream Friday night. Friday is my anniversary, uh, July the 21st. So Katie and I are going to go do some stuff. And then we're going to go do some stuff. Well, I hope King wants a brother or sister. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about trying to stream maybe Thursday night instead. This obviously will come out after that. So hopefully everybody is keeping an eye on Twitter. I will, of course, tweet everyone if I manage to swing that. It also might be Saturday. Never know. Uh, just follow me on Twitter, at JMA4707. I know I'm skipping the YouTube part, but that was a perfect time to slide that in. But I've just ruined it oh, by my. calling it out. Uh, I tweet about all kinds of things on Twitter, and that is the best place to get up-to-date information on what I'm doing and what the hell's going on with me. Also, on YouTube, if you want to see the content that I mentioned before I transitioned to the Twitter shout-out, you can do so, especially <laughs> for gaming psychologists. You'll find all of my stuff there. I'm in triple yeah, digits. I've been yeah, solidly you've successfully, in. Yeah, you've successfully caught up on Divinity. Yep. And I've been in triple digits on my YouTube channel for two weeks now. So hopefully that's permanent and it only continues to grow. I'd like to hit, I don't know, 200 in the next okay, year. Okay, so I should quickly unfollow? Eh. Don't be mean to me, Rage. But also, talking of streaming, which I did a moment ago, if you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, you can do so over on twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. Typically, I stream games every Friday night. I actually built a list of games to have scheduled so that everybody would know ahead of time what was going on. Uh, and then the list is now just completely gone from Google Drive. So I'm not sure if I accidentally deleted it, which is possible. I've been very tired this past week and moving lots of documents around. Or I accidentally VCR'd it and uh, copied over it. <laughs> There's a reference the kids won't understand. I you know. see, back in the day, we only had so much media. And they came in these things called cassettes. And these cassettes were these uh, little plastic things that had tape in them. And, you know, tape... Well, well, this was before digital. And What? I'm falling asleep over here. Just listening <laughs> to this history lesson. No, um... Anyways, where was I? You distracted me. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> You're just going to leave the giant it calls in. It, it doesn't matter anymore. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, how about add you on Steam? That is correct. You should add me on Steam and be my friend on Steam. I accept all friend requests on Steam. My Steam username is jarthur4707. All of you people have been lovely, 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 lovely people. And I want some more lovely, lovely people on my friends list to talk to every now and then. So do that. And if you wish to let them know exactly what train wreck you've come from, the password for this week is gumption. Gumption. I feel like you've used gumption before. It didn't show up on my list. Okay. Fair or, enough. Or my used list. Fair enough. And plus it's that uh, yeah, lovely old man uh, uh, word, right? It is. It is. Lovely old man of the best. I mean, I'm looking at my full list here, and I do not see it on here. 
and just I keep the full list. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, what about you? What's going up on your channel and stuff? Uh, well, since you're actually putting out Divin or caught up on Divinity, I means well. Also, since we're recording again, uh, Divinity's coming back well tomorrow for uh, us, but in the past for you. And that also means that we should be pretty much synced on our episodes again, for the time being. I'll be releasing episode 40, if I recall correctly. Uh, and, well, other stuff, uh, Quantum Conundrum's still ongoing. I'm, I think I'm in the home stretch. I need to do another recording of that probably tomorrow night. And that may be my last recording. Yeah, I got things to say about that game. But I'm going to wait till it ends, just to you know, have all my thoughts. Because... Honestly, my Let's Play stuff and me reflecting on it here is probably about the closest I get to a proper review. Unless I worked on a, a game website, then, you know, my, a quick look series probably would count as proper review. And, well, RimWorld, still ongoing. Crazy shit's going on this week. I mean, crazy, crazy shit. <laughs> if you want to see just how nutty RimWorld could get, watch, I would say, 106 through like 1010 because yeah the the storyteller in that game hated me oh All right. yeah interesting times and there's a reason why my latest episode at least right now for the next well actually canceled that that uh my latest episode until an hour and a half ago was named interesting times who sounds interesting and timely well Except for the whole hour and a half part. Oh, uh, let's see. Sunday Sampler is still ongoing. Oh, it's. I'm <laughs> hoping that you know that whole retweet thing. I'd love to see that happen again because that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, that's only like the second or third time that I've had a developer, well, directly contact me. Grin. First time I've had them completely deleted. But yeah, <laughs> it's just one of those things that. Oh, yeah, yeah, we love your video. Oh, crap, he doesn't love our game. <laughs> Quick, delete, delete, delete. But I actually said I enjoyed it. It's just, it's short. And, yeah, doesn't have proper full screen, which is a bad thing. And doesn't even have a, a way to do windowed mode properly. Not that I think you would want to play a game that click around a lot in a window, but, yeah, that's beside the point. But Sunday Sampler should be ongoing. Uh, have... A game that, at least title-wise, assuming I don't play anything else, I'm still not going to do my major project because, especially this week, I just don't have the time to put into it. And honestly, a lot of these uh, smaller games are, you know, a couple of hours and I'm uh, pretty much set to record. I have a game that sounds like Jared should be playing and analyzing okay. big time. And I'll share, I'll share the title with you. Should I say or stay quiet? Uh, stay quiet. But unless you really want to analyze this as soon as I find it on here. And yes, yes, this is teasing to go to my channel or just to listen in next week. This is, uh, this may be uh, still locked. So I'll just uh, text you what it is. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it's not what it seems. Oh. Uh, well, it also would help if I give you the proper title, but it's close enough that you should be able to find it. It's one of those things that 
I get some games that just look odd. And this is definitely one of them. And I gave you the wrong second word, but close enough on the first one. Yeah, I found it already. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't release until, well, uh, until Friday. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting, huh? (laughs) Very much different than what I was expecting based on the title. Yeah, uh, and I think that may hurt them in the long run, but uh, I guess we'll see when I go to play it. And that, uh, at least right now, is the planned game. Which, I know, I know. Tease, 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 tease. Check in next week. It gives you a reason to come in uh, for the next episode. Unless you don't care, but it doesn't. But you can find, well, the next Sunday sampler and all the rest of my content, including this podcast, which appears there Fridays at noon, on my YouTube channel, Gaming with Caffeine Rage, or you can see me tweet somewhat randomly about some, actually a little bit off the wall topics uh, as of late on Twitter, Gaming with CR. My, one of my later tweets have been, I've noticed that floating hands or arms in uh, VR games are about as common as legs in FPS. Have you noticed that? No, I haven't. I was there, there's, so many ga- there's just so many games that VR, it's floating hands. I guess, yeah, no, you're right. Now that I think about it, pretty much every VR game has floating hands. Or floating yeah, the guns arms? or something. There's no arms. Yeah, just like feet with no see, legs. Yeah, see, I'm being insightful, sort of. You are. Actually, I'm more surprised it's not. <laughs> a little bit of a golf clap, maybe a little loud, but close enough. And I apologize, Bills, <laughs> if uh, that's bad. Because I'm looking at the waveform, and yeah, kind of peaked there. I think. Oh, yeah, definitely peaked. That, that's going to be interesting to see what it sounds like. Anyway, that's uh, all my content. So, if you wish to contact us about all the random stuff that we talked about in this rather meandering episode, you can contact us once again, bglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming related topics, or just tweet us at bglpodcast on Twitter. If you wish to help pay the bills, well, we have a Patreon for that, patreon.com slash bglpodcast. And our website for the time being is vglpodcast.podbean.com where you can find the RSS feed, show notes, and, well, pretty much everything we've talked about this week. And also, a quick note, this isn't in the notes, but uh, next week is Game Club for Portal and Portal 2, so be sure to play those and get your stuff in for that. You have one week until the testing is complete. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin Pink Lloyd, as well as our Discover Q music, which is Doobly Doo, also by Kevin Pink Lloyd, and hopefully he doesn't copyright strike us. And <laughs> his work can be found at incopytech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. Please don't sue us. Bye-bye. <laughs> don't sue us. Sue Jared. You know, if he decided to sue people, he'd take down half the internet, at least. So oh, he many would take people, down most of YouTube. I mean, so many people use his he, music. 
he's considered the composer of YouTube for a reason. <laughs> yeah. If, if Kevin McLeod goes insane, yeah, we're done. Yeah, just show over. Indeed. <laughs>